Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio, and we're finally back to our regular time, regular recording. Let's get started, shall we? Nally. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. This is, you I mean, this is the like... the Sierra Nevadas. I was in the Sierra Nevadas. Yeah. Particularly the Eastern Sierras. Yeah. So closer to Nevada than most of the Sierras. Wow. Yeah. You know what's funny? Isn't John Muir in the Sierras? Yeah. I mean, not anymore. He died. But the- Yosemite <laughs> is in the Sierras. And John Muir is well known for his time in Yosemite, so... So, you know what's really funny? The about Muir that? Trail, for instance, right? Well, we were going to go to the John Muir Woods when we were in San Francisco. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I decided that would be too far off the the main area. Right. So, oddly enough, the pass that we took, uh, Adam, Ben, and I, which is the Kearsarge Pass, actually leads up to the Muir Trail. Wow. Which is a, I think it's a loop. It's a big loop you can take. Huh. So you ended up going where I wanted to go anyway. So I don't know if it's connected to the Muir Trail, San Francisco. I think that's no, too far. The John Muir Woods requires a ferry ride and then a shuttle. Oh, yeah. These are not connected to the Sierras. This is not. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Now I have to check. Okay. All right, so we had to pause for Leah to do some Googling. The Muir Woods are not close to the Muir Trail. Right, because there's the Muir Wilderness, which Mm -hmm. is in the Sierras. Yeah. And then there's the Muir Woods National Monument. Which is by San Francisco. Yes. Which is not in the Sierras. (laughs) Very, very far. Very far. (laughs) Very, very far. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's another video coming out, but obviously, well, not obviously. If but you watch John the Muir Wilderness does span over a hundred miles. Sure. So a lot of things with John Muir's name on it span hundreds, if not thousands, of miles. Yeah, or square feet. Anyway, if you watch the live stream, we were in the Eastern Sierras at a lake called Heart Lake. I was. Uh, we were guided there by one Adam K six A R K. We had a fantastic time, and during our lunch on Sunday, before we kind of all head our separate directions, I wanted to get to the bottom of what's this, all this Sierras talk. What is that? Well, the Sierras makes up a huge space in California, Mm -hmm. but we really only talk about like the Eastern Sierras in the terms of the Sierras. Mm, And I'm like, so what's, so what's like the Northern Sierras? And he's like, well, that's kind of like Yosemite. Okay. And I'm like, what's the Western series? Like, that's kind of like sequoias. Oh. Right? So those are all areas that are part of the Sierras. Oh, but they're different But parts. they're just known by their own names. I see. So what's really interesting, though, for the Eastern Sierras, fascinating even, if you will, right? Mm. You're going up the 14, right? This freeway. Never on the been on that freeway Cal- before. You, you have if you've ever been through the Mojave or you've seen the turn off to go to Death Valley, for instance. I've never turned off for Death Valley. It okay. seems like in the name, mm-hmm. there is something discouraging you from going there. Right, right. <laughs> but if you're, you're, you're running along, it's basically the Mojave that you're running up, right? What if Death Valley was actually a really magical place? 
<laughs> that they were trying to keep protected. It's like Iceland. <laughs> I mean, Iceland and Greenland all over again. And, uh, just they gave it such a terrible name. But so we're we're going up, right? We're going up the freeway in the Mojave. It's basically the Mojave Desert. You're rolling okay. through what what I would call California desert, not sand dunes like scrubland, right? Not high elevation, and it's hot. Right. So the, the the turn that I did, where I stopped to charge before I did the last run up to mm-hmm. the the trailhead, it was 112 degrees. Ooh, which the truck was like, not I a fan of like this. this. This is not where I like this to be is charging. Not fun. But I'm in the lowlands, and immediately to the left, Mount Whitney. Oh, like the hill, like the you go from low where I'm at straight up to Mount Whitney. Like, the mountain just goes, boom, hello, I'm Mount Whitney. The tallest... No switchbacks or anything. Well, no, it's... There's tons of of stuff over there. But as far as, like, your eyesight, like, you're looking directly at Mount Whitney. Oh. Which is... You're looking at the base of Mount Whitney. Do you know why Mount Whitney is so... Because it's a very high peak. Important. It is the tallest summit... ...in the continental U.S. Really? Period. No. Largest one. You need to pause again? No. (laughs) Need to fact check me? You're telling me it's taller than Mount Rainier? Yeah. Continental, U.S., Mount Whitney, number one. Period. The only thing that taller is some... The only thing that taller is some (laughs) of the mountains that are in Alaska. Yes. No way. Yeah. Okay, now I'm pausing. Go ahead. (laughs) Look it up. Whoa. All right. So Google food that one. Uh, Yes. Tallest mountain, tallest summit in the U.S., continental U.S. And it looks like... Mount Whitney. Yeah. Then it's Mount Ebert. Or Albert, Mount Massive, which seems like it should be first. You I think mean, so. they've yeah, yeah, yeah. Mount Harvard. It went to school couldn't in get, Cambridge. Couldn't get number okay. one though. It, went, <laughs> it wasn't number one. <laughs> and then Mount Rainier. And so, what you're telling me about Mount Whitney? I remember Mount Rainier when I was going from Oregon yeah. to Seattle, mm-hmm. right? No. And I was just astounded by the mass. Yeah. That is this mountain, and you're telling me. You are in the desert. You're at the lowlands. And, and the then it, high, goes, and it just goes hello. straight up. It's kind of like the Tetons almost, where the Tetons are just like, everything's flat. And then, hello, the Tetons. <laughs> it's like that. But so you're going, it's almost like you're in a valley. I need like a geologist to explain this well, to it's me. Like you're, in a, you're like in a great valley. And to the left is the entirety of the Sierras. Like all of it. But Mount Whitney is like the gateway to it. It's like the high, you must cross me to get into the rest of the Sierras. Look at us. We're the Sierras. Sorry about your drought. (laughs) It's insane. And so you're up, we're up, we're camping at, I don't know, 11,000 feet was was our campsite. Wow. And there's just snow and water. And it was rather temperate. It was not... It was not very hot. Not too hot. But it, it got cold, cold, but like the coldest it got was in the 40s, which well, for pretty me. pretty cold, man. No. Whew. 40s and camping is perfect because you just have a couple layers. My sleeping bag is like specced perfectly for 40s. Mm. I sleep- what about the sleeping bag that you left? Okay, I, I have to say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week, I had made a statement that if Adam was not on this trip, I probably would not have let Ben go. Oh, he would have been And fine. you were yeah. a little bit offended. No. You, you oh, were like well, one. I don't know where like, I'm going. I'm, so yeah, I, I'm outdoorsy. I I could I could handle it. Josh left Ben's sleeping bag 
on our couch. And then Ben gets up to this mountain. Okay. There's snow on the ground. This kid was going to freeze if not for the fact that Adam brought an extra sleeping bag. I had another sleeping bag in the truck. Sure. I did. I just that that the one that we were going to take was the orange one. That was all. Uh-huh. It's just uh-huh. not that good of a sleeping bag. And so Adam's like, I have a better one and it's going to be much lighter. Do you want to just take that? And I'm like, yeah, probably just bring it in the truck. And I just I forgot. So, yeah, I forgot his orange sleeping bag. But we yeah. had we had two layers of redundancy. Everything was fine. Yeah. Thank goodness for Adam. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. No, th- this trip was made possible by Adam and the, and the great work that he does. But because obviously I didn't know where I was going. We had to go off trail to get to the the lake. Actually, by the time you got there, Adam had felled quite a a few trees and had built a log cabin for you. (laughs) Yeah. So Mount Whitney is 14,505 feet above sea level. And there are a number of smaller kind of prominent little spires that are along mount whitney and you, and you can see it now yes it's it's recessed a little bit because it's so damn tall from the road but at the same time you can see it while you're driving up but it's it's pretty uh it's a stark contrast to where you're driving so yeah and anyway. ben activated ben activated a poda yeah during the during the the hike which was super super cool you're gonna have to get him some qsl cards <laughs> well he he activated the on the part sign and then he spent the rest of the time saying dad let me borrow your phone because he wanted to ham study and i'm like why is that because i need to do ham study right now and i'm like buddy i appreciate all the the energy i barely have internet unless you're sitting at this one spot that's like <laughs> 50 like, i'll feet. be here the rest of the trip it's like 50 feet outside of camp like it's not <laughs> i had to find the internet spot I, it was literally a hot spot i had to find a hot spot and he's like, no, yeah, no, I need to start studying right now. And I'm like, dude. He hasn't studied since en- he got I home. I know. Yeah. Just enjoy the camp out. Just enjoy the camp out. He's like, fine. But he kept asking me for phone. But anyway. Yeah. That's that's how he do. Yeah. He gets stuck on something. Just like you. He he gets stuck on something. He just can't let it go. <laughs> it's true. Right now it's that stupid charger thing. Until? The next thing. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that he that's, can't let go. That's how that, that's how that do. Welcome, everybody, to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. We really appreciate you clicking on the show every week and listening to our shenanigans as we move along in Mm. our week and move along with Ham Radio. Yeah. We like to kick off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today is, I'm going to retell, not retell, but I'm going to tell everyone the thing I wanted most when backpacking with Ham Radio this past weekend. Okay. Yep. I brought out the KX2. I had a, a worked great. KX2 is a fantastic radio. But along with that, I brought a knee board. Okay. It is a 3D printed foldable knee board. Uh, if you want to see, because I totally forget the name of it. In fact, I'll pause it. Hold on. Now I'm pausing. Here we go. If you search Ham Radio Knee Board, you'll find a link to Etsy and the. What you're looking for, or, or or just you can type in this URL too, it is Tango Uniform Foxtrot Tango Echo Lima uh, November dot net or Tuft Tuftalen or Tuftulen. Anyway, just search Hammer Radio Kneeboard. You'll find their uh, location on Etsy. I found out about this through uh, K4SWL's one of his videos on doing a Parks on the Air activation, and so I had this kneeboard, and I wasn't really like 
I was like, I'm not going to really use this because I'm just kind of sitting on rocks. It's not very comfortable. And Adam goes, well, why don't you sit in my pack chair that I brought? What? He had a packed chair. You know, like my little pack chair yeah. that I leave in the truck. Mm -hmm. He brought one, right? How much did he Adam had, haul out there? He had close to 50 pounds of gear. Oh, my gosh. How yeah. heavy was your bag? 25 pounds. Oh, my. You're telling me. Yes. That Adam hauled out twice as much as you Way did. more than I did. Yeah. How, and how much did Ben haul out? Oh, he had like less than 10 pounds. Wow. We gave him the smallest you pack. You and Dude, ben I'm telling combined you. I'm telling you. Not even as much than as Adam. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh it is a comment that is on the video, but basically I'm at the end of this backpack. The one that I have is it's degrading, it's falling apart, and I need to get a larger sized one. So anyway, a lot of that'll take care of itself. But anyway. So the thing that I missed the most or should have brought is my pack chair. Because when you sit in that pack chair, it kind of more it wants you to kind of lean back in the chair and have your back up against the back of the chair. And with that knee board, perfect alignment with your knee, feet on the ground, perfect little angle with the KX2. It was dynamite. So that's the there's the ticket. The KX2, the knee board, and that, that packing chair, which I have in the truck, which I didn't pack because I didn't have the space in my backpack, would have been perfect. So mm. quite the quite the setup in the future in the future backpackings okay we already talked about going out again so that's good mm -hmm. he wasn't completely turned off by the fact that he had to carry everything like a sherpa <laughs> but he was he was he, he brought like a stock pot what a skillet what happened to cook the fish oh man and he wanted to make like a noodle dish so he brought out like dried noodles I mean, dry and noodles had a, are light, but the stock pot. But is you have to have deal. a pot big enough yeah. for, like, you know, to feed. When three you to four said people. that he had made those noodles, I had just assumed that he broke up ramen noodles no. and cooked them in each person's individual no. camp cup. No. Wow. He had a pot. Impressive. And the pot was specifically designed to fit over the oven head, or not the oven head, the, the stove head, the burner. Oh, it's a it's a part of that MSI or MSR kit that he had for a stove. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that's wild. He had a ton of stuff. Dude kept pulling out things like Mary Poppins. It was wild. It was wild. But now I I will um I asked him I'm like so what's your like what's your general pace like how many miles do you do you know like in a oh, day oh you guys slowed him down so, so he's hard. carrying so hard twice as much it's, weight it's like and you, you are making him... him so slow no he had to he put on that still, weight he could still go faster he, oh, even totally. at that oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like goku had to wear like the armband yeah. to like weigh him down because <laughs> he was too strong he had to put on more weight because if he didn't he'd keep he'd keep like bursting past us like <laughs> Couldn't even help it. His just strength would just push him past us, knock us all out of the way for pure energy. So he had to weigh himself down extra heavy. But he was like, well, you know, he's like, this is about like three and a half miles into Heart Lake. He's mm -hmm. like, we did it in a couple hours. He's like, I normally do like, I don't know, 15 miles a day. What? He's like, the most I ever did was like 30 miles a day. What? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, but that was like, that was like 12 hours of walking. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And it's not like it's walking on flat ground. No, it's, it's in the beer, it was the beer trail. 
I'm like, what are you oh talking about, God. man? Adam is superhuman. I'm serious. Well, then he starts just... telling me, like, I don't even know uh, He's all the... He's just such a happy guy, too. I know. I, just... Like, I don't even know all the Adam stories, but the dude's like... Also, he's just like an amazing rock climber, too. Just because. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm actually trying to find somebody to do this uh, scout thing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it has to be either a lifeguard or somebody in the military or people that are trained in swimming and rescue. Okay. And I'm racking my brain, right? I I end up reaching out to the U.S. Coast Guard Recruitment Office to see if they can send someone out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it's on a Sunday, so that's really tough, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. Could I just ask Adam to video, like, zoom in <laughs> to this meeting? No, you, I bet. I bet. You got to be careful. You say zoom in. He's just going to think it's walking really fast. <laughs> He'll be here in a couple of hours from San Diego. <laughs> just zooming in. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I might have to ask Adam because the Coast <laughs> Adam, you know somebody we need, okay. we, need we need an adult. And then, and then Adam's like, "Yeah, it me. <laughs> it's me. Back to me again." Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, we were joking because we ate at um in we ate at the Alabama Hills Cafe, which is a story in itself. <laughs> Look up the origin of that place if you're bored. That's one didn't of expect Adam's that story. Favorite places to eat, though. Didn't expect that story, and I'm like, so you know, Mount Whitney. You've done that a few times. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, oddly enough, I've never really gone the um, the hiker's path. What? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I've only really ever just climbed it or like did the mountaineering path, what? which is like only hard mode. <laughs> You know how they joke that video games need an Asian mode <laughs> because it has to be extra just, like, hard. Smoke everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. in video games. Yeah, <laughs> there's just an atom mode for summits. <laughs> it's crazy. It, so yeah, you made it to the summit, but did you do it on atom mode? <laughs> I don't even know. I think one of the times he's like, yeah, one of the times he just dropped us in in a helicopter because we're rescuing people. I'm like, okay, but. Now he he had he had some ambitions, and I feel bad because it was actually like a soda event. Oh, but he, he should have gone without you. Left I, you behind. I know, I know, I know. And I told him that I'm like, listen, dude, I'm looking at this thing. This is I can't, I can't do this. I'm not good at heights. First of all, I don't like heights. I don't enjoy them. And then you like punted it over to me, like, oh, Leia would be very upset. I, I said <laughs> Leia would be very upset, but that is me punting. I personally. I'm owning this. I don't want to do this. I'm sorry to let you down. But it was after it was all a lot. he did for I you. I know. I an extra so 25 bad. pounds in his pack. I know. I chirping know. you up and you couldn't even scale a mountain for him. <laughs> I felt bad. But um, at the same time, yeah, I'm a big wuss. Ben couldn't have done it anyway. Ben probably could have done it. Oh, so he you got, were the one. He got a little scared, though, on the on the way up when we were kind of like. Uh, off-roading a bit because uh-huh. the way up um was off trail like mm-hmm. you you wouldn't have been able to get to the lake as easy as we got to the lake if you didn't have an atom right well you can't do anything as easily as you did without an atom <laughs> it's true yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. life yeah <laughs> just just life outdoors yeah if you have an atom <laughs> it is uh very uh, impressive so 
Well, if thank you, you thank you, Adam, for keeping my loved ones safe. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Leia, would you like to take a test? Oh no. All right, I'm still in sub-element one. I've seen 54% of the questions in this sub-element. Okay. I am... Uh, sub-element activate. My aptitude is 28%. <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> All right, this first question reads, what is the limit for transmitter power on the 1.8 megahertz band? A, 200 watts pep output. B, 1,000 watts pep output. C, 1,500 watts pep output. Or D, 1,200 watts pep output. I selected C, 1,500 watts pep output. And that is correct. That is correct. All right. What is the maximum symbol rate permitted for RIDI or data emission transmissions on the 10 meter band? A, 1200 baud, B, 56 kilobaud, mm -hmm. C, 19.6 kilobaud, or three, or D, 300 baud. <laughs> three. three baud. <laughs> That's... You stuck a, snuck a three in there. <laughs> uh, mm, mm, <laughs> uh, I got it wrong. 1200 baud. Let's, uh, let's see if Ham Study's got a quick tip for us. Uh, if you need a mnemonic, try 10 meters is about 1,000 baud. <laughs> All right. And then there's actually a baud rate. So like 160 meters to 12 meters is 300 baud. 10 meters, 1,200 baud, 6 meters, and 2 meters, 19.6 kilobaud, 1.25 meters, and 70 centimeters is 56 kilobaud, and 33 centimeters and above, no limit. No Ooh. limit, soldiers. <laughs> All right. What measurement is specified by FCC rules that regulate maximum power? A, PEP output from the transmitter, B, RMS output from the transmitter, C, RMS input to the antenna, D, PEP input to the antenna. And I selected A, PEP output from the transmitter, and that is correct. Correct. Nicely done. Thank you. I'm like I'm really inching up past that 50% up <laughs> to... All right. Who may receive partial credit for elements represented by an expired amateur radio license? A, anyone who held an FCC-issued amateur radio license that expired not less than five and not more than 15 years ago. B, any person who can demonstrate that they once held an FCC-issued general, advanced, or amateur extra license class that was not revoked by the FCC. C, any person who previously held an amateur license issued by another country, but only if that country has current reciprocal licensing agreement with the FCC. Or D, only persons who once held FCC-issued novice technician or technician plus license. Hmm. What is partial credit for the elements? <laughs> like, don't you just have to take the test? I mean, it's not, they give you like a bump to your score. <laughs> 
Shouldn't this be no one? Oh, I guess. What is, why is it partial credit? That's a very strange wording because the answer is B. Mm -hmm. Any person who can demonstrate that they once held an FCC issued general advanced or amateur extra license class that was not revoked by the FCC. But I don't understand what that means. So ask the question again. Who may receive partial credit for the elements represented by an expired amateur radio license? But if it expires, you just have to take the test again. What is the credits? I don't know. Unless it's like a a novice license. It might have something to do with a novice license. That's weird. Partial credit. The elements. I'll leave that up to the email correspondents if they want to chime in. But we only need we only need one. So you guys sort that out yourselves. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure one of you know. Uh, you're, you're pretty much there. You might want to take one more. Okay. Yeah. What is the maximum transmitter power an amateur station may use on the 12 meter band? Mm. A, an effective radiated power equivalent to 100 watts from a half wave dipole. B, 1500 watts pep output. C, 200 watts pep output. Or D, 50 watts pep output. And I selected B. 1500 watts pep output and that is correct that is correct i like i think the only one that has like the half wave dipole thing is like 60 meters yes yeah very good thank you you remembered that mm-hmm. well you can study along with leia by using hamstudy.org you can use hamstudy.org to take practice exams which we really like but you can also just use with the study questions so you can read through the sub elements you can take a look at Different parts of it, because, you know, some people want to familiarize them, themselves with the material before they go full into taking the practice exam. Mm-hmm. So that is available on hamstudy.org. We also really like the Gordon West Ham Radio test prep books, and we have links to those books on Amazon. They have been updated for the new technician pool, but there's also general and extra as well. And if you are into audio books, which I certainly am, the fast track to your ham radio license books are available on Audible for technician, general, and extra. And we have links in the show notes for those as well. So join the conversation by leaving a review on the Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it over there for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast and or emailing us at Leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. We do love reviews. Leia, we have two reviews. Fantastic. This is from B. Daniel 5. Hey, B. Daniel 5. Says, not another boring ham podcast. I've been listening. That that title could go a couple ways. I only like boring podcasts. Yeah. But he gave us five stars. But thank you. B Daniel Five writes I've been listening for a few months, and this is the only multi hour podcast that I will listen to from beginning to end. Well, I am honored. <laughs> Breaking all the rules in podcasts. <laughs> Leia does a great job of adding the right amount of humor and levity to amateur radio, a topic that can easily put someone to sleep. Thanks for all your hard work and great topics, even the preparedness corner. With a Thank winky emoji. <laughs> Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. 73 
from KG2 BAD. Thanks, KBAD. KBAD. <laughs> and this is five stars from Racer Vesa. Hey, Racer Vesa. Laughing and learning. Oh, that's what we love. Review number 500, I think. Josh and Leia, thanks for the great podcast. It's been fun to listen to a happily married couple talking about life and a hobby they both enjoy. I mainly enjoy it. <laughs> I've learned a lot about ham radio from you, and I've laughed even more than I've learned. Looking forward to lots more. 73 from W. 9-D-N-E. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much. D-N-E. That could be like dine. Yeah. I am really in love with my new water bottle. I almost want to do a preparedness corner just on this water bottle. <laughs> but I mean, we could we could talk about water in the in the trying times. I subsisted on filtered water all weekend. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. What did you use to filter? The Be Free by Katie Dine. Katie nice, Dine. nice. I mean, two different kinds. I have the large one and then the small personal bag. That's the bladder one, right? And the soft bladders, yeah. Yeah. I don't love that as much. They're lighter. You will if that's what you got. That's true. <laughs> and there's no ice. So. Oh, there is ice, though. Was the water ice cold? Yeah, like all the time. Because it's Amazing. cold. Amazing. Every time you woke up, the water was super cold. All right, is that... All for the reviews? That is all for the reviews. Thank you so much, everyone, for leaving reviews. Makes me feel good. Appreciate it. Feels good, man. Thanks. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, for I shall fear no Let's man of peace. One go. foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Indeed. The intensity. It's my Gets favorite. me every week. I know. So I did get a new water bottle. I bought myself and the boys a new water bottle. Three new water bottles. One for each of us. Mm -hmm. For back to school. Not like we're sharing one water bottle <laughs> for back to school. Mine I call the chicken bottle. Mm -hmm. It looks like a chicken. It kind of does. Yeah. It's uh, white with red, brown, and yellow. Yep. And then when you open it up, it's an Owala bottle. So you can both sip from it or a swig from it, right? Well, when you, you open it's like it up, a straw. You can... Yeah. The mouth looks like a chicken mouth. Because <laughs> sure. it's in red. I, and I love it because it'll keep uh, things cold for over 24 hours. This is not sponsored. I just really love this water bottle. I drank so <laughs> much water. She's that excited yeah. about it. <laughs> I, and one of the reasons I bought it was I saw a video of, that somebody posted. Their car caught fire. Okay. Okay. The car, it's decimated. Just ashes. And in the passenger seat on the floor, the Owala bottle was there untouched and i think they opened it there was still ice inside no it's still <laughs> yes, cold it turned yes. into a still cold meme <laughs> oh no so that's horrible but i will parlay this into this week's preparedness corner which is the question that comes from Merit Reaper on r slash preppers <laughs> of the Reddit. What items in your bug out bag should be the 
best quality because you know we talk about when oh, we get into preparedness that like oh you can go get some of this stuff at the dollar store but you shouldn't be getting everything at the dollar store that is such and a good question everyone has a limited budget so where should you be allocating oh, those dollars man. right so for I, instance I, a spoon doesn't need to be amazing <laughs> but a flashlight probably <laughs> i guess i guess we should be i would i would take a little bit of liberty on this is like the best it's probably you don't need the best. You sure, probably need but better than the cheapest. Right. Right. right? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm tracking. I love this question. This is great. Yeah. Okay. So one of the first responses is shoes. Yeah. Great. Shoe, very important. Mm -hmm. So if you do not have a solid pair of emergency shoes, which I mean, to me, those have to be shoes you can walk a long distance in. Right, right, something that's not going to fall apart. Yeah, but and also, that could also be in like in an urban environment. That could be like closed-toed, steel-toed shoes. That's what I was going to bring up. They should probably be steel-toed because if you're going to be going into different environments, in an urban environment, yes. In hiking in the outdoors, I would not want steel-toed boots. That's crazy. That, that's not what I want. Fair, fair. Uh, and then somebody said clothing, but I actually don't think clothing would be that big of a deal. It depends. If you are going to be doing a lot of hiking, if you're going to be doing a lot of like just subsisting with the clothes you have on your back, mm -hmm. paying a little bit more, particularly for things that are like synthetic, that will last a long time, that won't fall apart as you're hiking around. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be doing that, you're going to you're going to pay some more money for that. Plus, your clothes become kind of like your your warmth control. Mm. So having a good base layer of synthetic material that you can add layers on top of is going to keep you warmer, better than just a bunch of cheap cotton crap. That's true. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, safety gear, specifically certain items in first aid kits. Somebody mentioned that they saw a video of a cheap tourniquet. Oh, yeah. That broke during the tightening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the cheap Chinese tourniquets... Um, you can even go so far as to say, like, harnesses and ropes that you might need. Yeah. Cheaping out on that is probably not a good idea. Sure. Yeah. Climbing material. Yeah. Um, keep going. Keep going. Because I've got a whole list. You said flashlights already, but flashlights seem like something yeah. you definitely don't want to cheap out on. Maybe a backup light is, is cheap. That's okay. Uh, medical sanitation and water uh, I, filtration. I Well... A Sawyer water is a water filter is fine, and that's like twenty one bucks. That's not that expensive. I yeah. yeah, I don't but... know if cheaper water sanitization, unless you get sure. the drops. Sure. Which are okay. Uh, and uh, a high quality axe or hatchet. Yeah, like a saw. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. want a cheap. Oh, yeah, you don't want a cheap hatchet. Cheap hatchets suck because like their painted wood handles are horrible or lacquered wooden handles are the worst. Um, I, I really don't like those Fisker axes. I hate them, actually. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Take I know. Take that, Fiskers. Those, those plastic axe handles, I hate them. I hate them. And so um, somebody brought up a really good point mm -hmm. that you should think about when you're stocking your uh, bug out bag or emergency preps. What could you absolutely just not improvise and start there? Okay. Like, 
you know what I mean? If it's if it's a, a tool or an item that would be very difficult for you to replicate its function, mm-hmm. that that is something you should spend on because you won't be able to get it if it breaks. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say the easy one. Oh, good radio. Yeah, that's what it's something I mean, like a radio like, or binoculars would be I was just gonna say to improvise. A, a binocular so. set is extremely difficult or um, just like a good like even if you're talking a rifle scope, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be you could you could uh, you could actually go a little bit cheaper on a rifle, assuming you have like a decent scope, not some super magnification, but, you know, it, you get where I'm going with that. And uh, an ultralight tent sleeping bag tools like a utility knife uh, things like that sure you, you can cheap out on knives to a point um there are a number of oh boy they're swedish knives um why can i not i'm pausing again holy smokes and of course after i pause it and i start typing i i um remember it's mora knife so if you don't know about mora knives they're incredibly inexpensive fixed blade knives they're not the stoutest things. They do make some that are pretty stout, but they work really, really well, and they're very inexpensive. Like, you can pick one of these up. These are Baofeng prices. These are, like, $20 bills oh. for a nice outdoors knife, which is a really good backup. So you could you could buy a couple of these and stow them in different vehicles and different bug-out bags, all kinds of stuff, and go online and look at the YouTube videos on them. There's tons of people who abuse the crap out of them, and they, and they, they stand up to it pretty well, so... Yeah, Mora knives. I was going to say a compass. Okay. Compass is hard to... It's not something... You can replicate a compass in the field with like some water and a magnet and a needle and all that stuff, but that's not really portable, is it? That's true. Right? So um, for those that don't have the training with a compass, mm-hmm. you probably don't want like a, uh, a Lenstatic compass that you might have used in the military unless you have that training that goes along with that. The kind sure. that had the vertical lines for shooting azimuth and all that. You might want to go with a base plate compass that has it's really a plastic plate with like a magnifying uh, lens on it. Those are usually a little bit easier for map type work. But yeah, FYI, compass, hard to, to not have. Brunton makes a couple of really good ones that are on the cheaper side, but they're okay. still really good. Okay, so what can you just cheap out on? Um. So as much as I really like the idea of having a really nice ultralight shelter, you can just go with a survival bivy sack, trash bags even. That's true. A tarp that you can mm-hmm. build like a lean-to unless you're going to get like tons of rain. If you're really not getting that much rain, then there's no reason why you can't just use a cheap bivy sack or okay. a tarp to build some kind of shelter mm-hmm. fire starters you can cheap out on fire starters can just be like vaseline and uh, dryer lint right right knives again you, you don't need the most expensive you you really don't unless you are again trying to do something very specific like if you're doing like be pro bushcrafter dude and all that then you may need a really thick blade kind mm-hmm. of thing that will survive up to batoning with wood and all that sunglasses stuff. Uh, no, you don't need an expensive set of sunglasses. Exactly. Cheap out on your sunglasses. Cheap out on your sunglasses. Cheap out on your hats. Your your hat, other than, again, if you can get synthetic materials cheaply, then go synthetic most of the time. I would argue that. Cotton's horrible, particularly if it gets wet. 
Um, when it's cold in particular, you do not want to wear cotton. Yeah. Um, for your firearms, if you're going to carry a firearm, cheaping out, out on a those. firearm, not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly if it's something you're going to survive off of the land with, like it's a hunting rifle. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you want to go with, you know, some kind of Kelt. Well, maybe people like Keltec. I don't want to slam Keltec, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just. <laughs> That's just, some shade. At I did. I, I threw oh. a little shade at Caltech. Um, but like, yeah, if, if you're going to survive, yeah, you can actually go cheap. Like if you want to just get like a, a universal versatile shotgun, like a Mossberg 500 or something like that, you, you can get different barrels and there can be all kinds of versatile. But hey, look, go look at um, Dave Canterbury's series on the uh, handy rifle or the handy shotgun, the H&R shotgun, single barrel break action shotgun that he used as like a uh like a modified muzzle loader it was really cool really old old video series he was like oh you watch that video series i was like yeah man that was like my one of my favorites this whole haversack <laughs> thing that he did like the the today's minuteman wild so it was it goes way back like almost 10 years ago but yeah go check those out um gosh what else what else what can't That's you keep out on Maybe your sleeping bag, if you're going to deal with really cold material, or mm -hmm. material, really cold climates, you might need to go with something that's... What about a hammock? <laughs> for your, for your, for the times when you just need to relax during your survival situation. Really need to kick your feet up. Unwind during the end of the world. A hammock. Yeah. Your vehicle. Oh, Yeah. You're, you're, and, and by vehicle, I don't mean like you just have like an expensive vehicle and you go, and now I'm done. Right. <laughs> like the tools that you use that are for your vehicle, the replacement parts for things mm -hmm. that break often in your vehicle. Um, I don't think you should probably cheap out on how you maintain your documents. That sounds kind of weird. What? But like most people may just have like a file folder that they keep stuff uh -huh. like a fire safe. Yeah. Uh, possibly even getting digital copies of everything. Sure. Having a, like a backup, a, a redundant storage system for your, your important files. Yeah. I know I'm getting super nerdy, but yeah. like most people don't think about backing up their stuff enough. That's true. So don't cheap out on your cloud storage. Is what you're don't cheap out on your cloud storage at the end of the world. <laughs> or if you have cloud storage and that's all you're thinking about, you might need a local storage for don't, the really important. Don't stuff. cheap out on your USB stick. <laughs> I mean, that's not the best way to start out your backup. Is I don't know. I got like this really cheap micro USB thing from Micro Center. <laughs> These are always really cheap. I have like 50 Michael of them. Michael Center. Michael Center is when the arts and crafts place had a baby with Micro Center. It's Michael Center. Everything is decoupaged. It's uh, half of the store's 3D printers. And uh, and Yeah. Actually, I don't think Michael's even has 3D printers. Which I don't. Is... It, of course not, but it's an arts and crafts store, and Micro Center <laughs> has 3D printers. Ah. See where I was? Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. But they only sell, like, uh, <laughs> filament that's wood. <laughs> so. I really want wood and clay filament. That would be. We can do that. The exact the thing. And so then you just bake it. No. It just comes out. Yeah. 
What about the clay one? You have to bake that. Oh, I don't know about the clay one. Yeah. But the wood, so the wooden one is they, they take a mashed wood yeah. and it's suspended in a filament material. Mm-hmm. It gets extruded from the 3D printer and Voila. it's wood. <laughs> it's, it's wood. It's it's 80% wood. <laughs> yeah, it's not 100% wood. That would be crazy. But. We juiced a tree. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So is that it? That's all you got? That's it. That's what I got. I like that one. That was good. What's yeah. the, well, yeah. thank you. Maybe maybe somebody will have ideas in the voicemail or the emails coming up for next week on what don't you want to cheap out on on your whole... What don't you want to cheap out on? What don't you want to cheap out on in your gear? What's that noise? It is a primitive form of communication known as Morse code. You're right. I'm on a lot of practice. Stop it. Stop what? You're talking about me and Morse code. What the hell is he saying? It seems they're getting a signal. Old Morse code. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. So I don't know what to call this thing, but it's a, it's a Morse code thing. So we are using the SparkGap Labs MCT-73 Morse code trainer. This was sent to us. We really do appreciate it. I am looking at, uh, yeah, SparkGap Labs. SparkGap Labs. Go go Google them. I really like this kit. This thing's really cool. But Leia, we've done... K, K and M. And M. K is what? Da, dit, da. Yeah. And M is... Dit, dit. Nope. Da, da. Da, da. da yes. Da. Would you like to do more K and M or would you like to add R? What is R? Dit, da, dit. That's, R is one of my favorite characters. It's the reverse of K? Yeah. Oh, that's going to mess me up. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Here we go. Okay. Are you, uh, you're going to track, are you typing to? I, I, I might, I'm going to try. Here we go. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Did you get the first one at least? Uh, was the first one R? Yes. Yeah. And the second one was R? Yes. And then it was K? No. Oh. It was M. Oh, see. And then? K? R. R. Yeah. Then K or M? K. And then R? Yes. And then M? Yes. And then M? K. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Do you want to try it again? Do you want to try it again? Sure. Okay. And here we go. Three, two. That's it. So it was the first. K? Yeah. M? Yeah. R? Yes. R? Yes. R? Yes. R? Uh, then there was a pause. Okay. And then? K? Yes. K? Yes. R? Yes. M? Yes. M? Yes. K? Yes. Thanks. You got them. Thank you. 
Okay. There you go, Leia. Thanks. That's pretty good. Pretty good. So you always want to add in the next character. Like, you never really want... You always want to keep challenging yourself, right? Like, you, you always want to feel like you're in that little do, do you always want to keep little challenging struggling. yourself? Or do you sometimes just want to go to sleep? Sometimes you just want to put it in cruise control and just <laughs> ride it out. But that was good. Yeah, that was good. You struggled a little bit on the first one, but you, you picked it up on the second. So nicely done. So the show Thank topic. All right. So today's is discussion for today is go on to the show. Right. The, show topic the, the topic of today's show is gentlemen. Let's get down to business. So I um, <laughs> this is something I <laughs> kind of struck me. What is the laziest type of ham radio? FT8. No. No. Please. No. Please. No. Yeah. So I don't mean this in the sense of like lazy doesn't mean bad here. Lazy I don't, I don't means think like it does either. I, I think it means efficient. Okay. Okay. Well, then you might like where we're going with this. It means that like a considerable amount of effort has been done to make the radio stuff easy or oh. very usable at all times. Right. Mm. So what is the laziest type of ham radio if you think about like that? Repeaters. Okay. Okay. Repeaters. I could I could see that. See, I'll go one more and I'll say digital voice modes. So they have digital voice repeaters, right? Okay. But but if you hook a digital voice repeater to the internet, they can talk worldwide. Mm. So a repeater that's on a talk group. I every, just say that's effective. Every internet connected repeater or hotspot that is connected to the internet to a given talk group, they can all hear each other talk. But then it won't work if there's no internet. Correct. It still it just goes back to being a repeater then. So okay. it still it remains a repeater. Right. But it just adds internet capability to that. Or if you're at home, you could have a hotspot device, which is a little, you know, doingy. Mm-hmm. Right? A little a box. Doingy, got it. A little doingy with Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And you can RF into it, and it RFs out back at you, but it also has like Wi-Fi. Like a LoRa? It's no. not LoRa. Okay. But, um, and it also has the Wi-Fis, the Wi-Fis. Mm-hmm. So you can then connect to these talk groups on online. So you don't have to put up a big antenna. You don't have to do any other stuff. You just kind of like talk at this little thing. And there you go. You're on the you're on the ham radios. Well, that does sound easy. It's easy. I would I would say lazy, not in the like, oh, you're so lazy. Get off your fat butt and do something. I don't something. think lazy is the accurate eh. term here. Okay. Well, you, you can workshop this in the, when you do the uh, the show notes. Are you, you Are you saying maybe user-friendly? It's not user friendly. <laughs> I okay. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Wouldn't then go that far. But then the other thing I wanted to talk about, and, and again, I don't mean lazy in the in the traditional sense, is uh, remote ham radio. Have you okay. heard of this? Have you heard of remote ham radio? I thought all ham radio was remote. No. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Remote ham radio is a thing where you can actually pay someone by the hour to rent their station. Oh yes, yes, yes! I have heard of this. And so you can ha- you can download some software, or sometimes it's just available via the web. You go to somebody's website, and you can pay them by the hour for access to their contest level station. You know, somebody should create like uh, a marketplace for this. They have. It's called Remote Ham Radio. <laughs> 
and so you can you can pay a subscription fee or you you know you pay by the hour kind of thing and then you can kind of pick all these different radio stations it's across like the world working ham radio it's what it's like a like the we work of ham radio it's the gig economy of ham radio <laughs> no it's the we work of ham radio what but, no it's the gig economy it's like uber of ham radio you're not you're using somebody else's car or airbnb or whatever that is what is that like a Turo. Now you keep mentioning brands like Jacuzzi. No, WeWork we, was a brand. Well, WeWork created co-working spaces. Okay. Well, they didn't create them. They just made them like frat houses. But <laughs> where nothing actually got done. <laughs> I mean, something's got done. <laughs> a complete meltdown. <laughs> And loss of lots of venture capital money. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> so remote ham radio is a, a real thing, right? So you can you can go to this website. There's multiple uh, companies that do this, by the way. You, you can do, remote ham radio is, is a brand. It's the jacuzzi, if you will, of of this oh, stuff. Oh, I see. But okay. there are other companies that have their own versions of this. But yeah, you can literally just pay money to use some of these stations, and they're valid contacts. You can make contacts with people all around the world, and you're paying for like very hardcore amazing stations is that a little bit lazy i guess to a degree because you're just running some software getting on the air so do people like rent these during contest weekends yes like is is that like the goal you can contest on these contest stations during contests and you pay for the time. Yeah. You can contest while you contest. You can contest. You can pay to contest. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, one of the admins on the Discord may or may not have spend a, spent a pretty sizable chunk of money in remote ham radio. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're amazing. You get like super amazing stations with massive antennas that are capable of just doing amazing things. Oh, he he rented one. <laughs> yeah, not rented he one. created one. No, he rented one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay, so then then let's flip this around. So that's like if you are just going to. So let's say you're starting out, right? Let's say you're brand new and you really got the bug. You you did a couple of contests and you're like. I want to do a little bit more of this, but I really want to know what it looks like when I can when I can really be effective. Right, so you, you can have like an hour and and use their station, get some get some experience with it. There you go, you get the idea, you get the feel, right? So we used to have something like this in the baby wearing community. Oh, you were into ham radio too? When- no, no. But there was um, a lot of like baby wearing clubs would have like a lending library, mm-hmm. right? But the other thing you could do, there was um, there was one company that you could just give them like what carriers you were looking at mm-hmm. and then they would send those to you to, for you to borrow for like, you know, uh, however much. So kind of like what is it like rent the runway so you're renting baby carriers right right exactly what kind of gets me about this renting um of radios though mm-hmm. is that you're remoting into the radio right so in actuality like sure you're testing a radio and an antenna setup it's not about but... testing anything it's about using that radio to make contacts right but contacts if, are the goal if it's so that you can 
Oh, just to make contacts, yeah. not a way of trying no. out a well, how, You're not trying out anything. You're on like your iPad or your computer at home. You're not flipping any knobs okay. or dials. Like you're, just, right. you're just logging into the thing. Okay. It's just for making contacts. And things like remote ham radio, you can actually uh, change geographically where the station is that you want to go to. Oh. So if, if I'm in Southern California and I want to make contacts into the UK, well, they have like a station in Maine. Okay. So I'll just log into the Maine station make my contacts via that uh-huh. much more effective at making contacts if I wanted European stations, for instance. Okay. So it's, it's like changing your VPN and getting different Netflix, right? The joke, right? Right, it, right. It's like that. You just go to a different physical radio. That's mm-hmm. a part of their network, right? Okay. And you could do that. Anyway, right. that's kind of, okay, so we're good with that. But you can do this on your own. So there are plenty of options available and radios that are on the market if you wanted to, say, set up a station at home or set up a station at a relative's house that is in a lower noise environment. Oh. That you then... So like my dad, right? I could put a station at my dad's house that Mm -hmm. connects to his network and I could remote into that station. Right. Right? And then that would be like... Uh, just another station that I would have access to. So theoretically, mm-hmm. if you had like a bug out location, yes, you could go ahead and set up all of your radio stuff at that bug out location. Yes, and regularly keep in contact with what would be your bug out locations community. Mm-hmm. Right. Hypothetically, I mean, you can do this with VHF, UHF as well. Sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. ICOM has a radio, and the 9700 will do that. But let's let's talk through some of these. So uh, Kyle, AA0Z, mm-hmm. he's a huge advocate of remote ham radio. He also does something called Node Red, which is like a scripting language for actually making web um, web UIs okay. that give you all kinds of pertinent information about your station. It can also be used for like contest days and scoreboards and all that fun stuff. But he has his remote station at his contest site. So where he lives, not really conducive to amateur radio. It's too noisy. Okay. So he has his radio at his club's contest location. Oh. And he can just tap into the antennas, and he can get access to that equipment when he needs to. Okay. Very cool. Okay. So that's, that's a thing that is available now with our, with our new technologies that exist. So Flex Radio is one brand that is pretty much one of their largest selling points. People like Flex Radio because you can remote in. Yeah, you can you can put it. In fact, it doesn't have a whole lot of controls. Most of the radios don't have a whole lot of controls on the face of it. it it's kind of meant to kind of be put into a almost like a server rack, power it, give it network access, oh. and then don't even touch it. You don't even have to look at it. As long as it's running, it's doing its thing. You only really remote into these guys. Interesting. Right? ICOM has a number of radios that also have network control access, so you can actually, like, log into them, right? Okay. And you can do remote software through that as well. ICOM has their own remote software, but sometimes you have to use a computer attached to it to do that kind of heavy lifting. Uh, My radio, the 7610, does not require the computer. And the advantage of that is I can actually use my iPad to control the 7610. Okay. Uh, and then there are radios like the the Hermes. It really does give a whole lot more flexibility to what is typically one of the major pain points, the user interface of a radio. Mm. If you can if 
you can make it so that the controls are actually on another device. Yeah. That is user friendly and like a tablet, then oh that's Well, so oddly enough, I, I, I we might have talked about this in another podcast. I'm I'm seeing like the ebookification of amateur radio happening a bit with this remote ham radio e-bookification. stuff. Remember when ebooks came out or or e ink displays? Okay. And people were like, You're not taking my books out of my hands. I love the feel of paper. Uh, right, you got yeah. a lot of people who are stalwarts on books. Like they're you're not taking my books away. I'm all about them books, right? Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel that way. Sure. But uh, I'm seeing that a little bit with ham radio where they're like, no, I want my dials. I want my dials, my knobs, my switches, all that stuff. Mm. You know what this reminds me of? Mm-hmm. When I was like so reluctant to adapt to um, the iPhone touchscreen types because oh. I really loved the keyboard that the Sidekick had. Do you remember the like sidekick, the G1, the, the G1, yeah. the sidekick, all of, and I really wanted those tactile buttons. You, you were never Blackberry, were you? No. Blackberry was nice. I did like having a Blackberry. I really liked that. Uh, I'm actually going to take a minute and grab something so that you can actually experience this live because I already have this set up on my, okay. my iPad so you can see it. All right. So Leah, here's my uh, 7610 connected to my iPad. Oh, got a waterfall yeah you can see the so waterfall how do I scroll? do i just move this yeah oh that's super user friendly <laughs> yeah, that does drag exactly what i expect it to do right and then how do i talk on it uh you'd hit the ptt button but don't do that where's the ptt button it says transmit it can hook up to your airpods it can hook up to what are you doing you're, i'm moving along you're doing a lot like your hands are doing things that i don't expect them to be doing along. but Ooh, look, there's a little pocket there. No, that's gone. Okay, I'm going to play with this for a little while. This is, this is, this looks fun. Here, let me see this for a second. Let me see. Let me get you over on 40 meters at least, because right now you're, so right now she's on 20, so we'll, uh, we'll change bands here. And let's slide over. Yeah, so somebody's, that's somebody talking. I can see that. Yeah. So we're using something called SDR Control. It's available on uh, Mac OS and iOS for ICOM radios. And yeah, it basically gives you almost complete control of what you would do in front of the radio insofar as it'll actually run native digital modes as well. Like you can run FT8 on this, like native. Mm. Yeah, so let me walk through some of the technical hurdles with all of this. So there's hardware is the first thing. If you are thinking, I'm a newcomer to amateur radio, I've got newcomer budget, let me get into this remote ham radio thing. Eh, it's it's kind of a it's kind of an expensive aspect of the hobby. Remoting ham radio in particular can be big dollars. If you're looking at something that's kind of all inclusive, like a flex radio. Those are some of the more expensive radios in our hobby. Things like antennas. Antennas work fine. It's when you start wanting to have multiple antennas, also remote them so you have some kind of like radio control of which antenna gets used. They have 
remote control antenna switches that will allow you to switch coax, excuse me, from different uh, different antennas to different radios. Extremely helpful, but those are also pretty expensive. Then uh, lastly, VPN troubles. So the downside of things like when you're homebrewing a lot of this stuff is that you have to work out the VPN on your own, virtual private networking, meaning you need to figure out how to make your radio communicate with um, at when you're outside of your home. So right now I'm sitting in my home. I'm on the same network as my radio. I can easily tunnel into my radio. It works just fine. Easy to go. When I go out of my home, I need to have a secure connection back to my home. I think I wasn't supposed to do this. Yeah, what'd you do? I hit the transmit button. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. I said, don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Look at this station. Oh, that's coming in way more clear. Yeah, really strong station there. Yeah, so virtual private networking is going to be the problem with all of these. Flex Radio kind of gets around that by having a central server location that you log into with your radios. Handy, but uh, if there's a network outage at, at the Flex Radio servers, which has happened on contest day, oh, really? it takes out like everybody. Uh, there have been some big contests where people got real, real upsetty about not being able to use their radio because they couldn't remote log in. I mean, in. If, if I were a ham radio uh, hacker... Oh, I, yeah. I Just would... <laughs> denial would 100, of service the crap out of the I servers? Would, I would 100% do that and just knock out everybody else, giving me a chance to be the victim. I'm, I'm not only a ham radio contester, I'm also a hacker. Yeah. Do you hack? <laughs> I definitely hack. <laughs> definitely hack. <laughs> I will give another shout out if you're if you're interested in getting started with this. I would check out the uh, Hermes Light, the Hermes Light, as Leia would call it, or the Hermes Light. For I think under four hundred dollars, you can get a twenty watt radio that can connect to your network and your amateur radio, and there are or your antennas, and there are multiple SDR software titles that you can run to remote connect to that radio, and it works really well, and it sounds really good it has a fantastic receiver if you'd like to see my video that i did we did a live stream uh shout out to don and 5skt he has been he bugged me for what feels like years in getting <laughs> one of these i told him if, if i get an hermes leia's gonna think something's up <laughs> he's like no 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 it's a hermes i'm like no, you don't understand i can't that's not going to work with her, okay? But it is actually a, a very, very I nice... I can't get an Hermes before yeah. she gets an Hermes. Right, right. <laughs> it, it is a very, very nice radio for the price. And uh, if you are interested in, in a transmitting SDR, highly, highly recommend you, you check out the uh, Hermes Light. So, yeah, there's a bit of fun. I, I, I think the remote ham radio stuff is... It's only going to become more popular, so, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, seeing this. Yeah, isn't it cool? Yeah. And it, it just feels more friendly. Also, you're not, like, stuck in the shack. Yeah. The the downside, though, is, like, if something wigs out on this and your your radios just get stuck on transmit, you're like, uh, what do I do? I'm, I'm 500 miles away from my station. <laughs> so there are, there are devices that, like, we use them at work. 
right? They're, they're network-connected power switches mm-hmm. that you can remote into a power switch okay. and take the power away from the, the radio chain, basically. Mm-hmm. That's the only, like, if you yeah. get stuck, like, if you yeah. get in this death spiral, uh, you'd have to also have that layer of redundancy built in. And some people don't plan for that, which is, you know, more cost associated, you know, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, there are there are a lot of associated costs with all of this, but it's a fun thing. It's a fun thing to have, particularly if uh, maybe you're going to go on super lightweight travel or your wife has told you no radios. You can't bring any radios. So then you've decided you're going (laughs) to. I brought my iPad. (laughs) Honey, I brought no radios with me, honey. I just have my iPad and my AirPods. That's uh, disingenuous and I don't recommend Josh's suggested course of action. Only if you talk like this is when you want to play something like that. Shenanigans. All right. Well, I that found was the fun. loophole. There you go. No, I don't think you did. I think I did. You, you didn't. If you think you did, <laughs> you didn't. Honey, we're going to get on the stairs now. I brought no radio <laughs> with me. Just my iPad. Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves and what again. unreasonable partner would tell you not to bring your iPad on a trip? Right. What <laughs> can't be a despot and not bring a tablet. <laughs> Complimentary Wi-Fi on the plane. <laughs> You're, you're really good at this. Tunneling into my home station from the plane, honey. <laughs> I thought you were trying to keep it a secret. I mean, what are we even talking about right now? <laughs> you're a little bit bad at this. Yep. <laughs> it's so hard for me to do that. Basically, you know, if I'm ever making that voice, I'm up to no good. Yes. That is a voice of someone who is up to no good. I am aware. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, welcome to the email correspondence Tawa. Off to the left is the physical mail depot. And we have physical mails. We have physical mail? The first physical mail was a uh, Discover Personal Loans email that I got. I was just so excited that it said Josh Nass instead of Ronald Beaver. So I brought it home. Thank you. Thank you, Discover. Thank you, Discover. Uh, Here is a QSL card I got from K7XST. This was on FT8. Nice. There you go. Look at that. Ooh. I try and show Leia the the good QSL cards with the... It's got a reflection of the sky and the river in Washington. Wow. I like it. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that city. And this is, ooh, nice. We got some rack action. What's going on, Radio Amateurs of Canada? This is from VE7ZFE, 20 meter FT8. Here you go. Some. Ooh. Yeah. Now the big thing. I do like British Columbia. This is... <laughs> well, okay. So many great things about Canada. Oh, man. I don't know what we're getting into here. Look at that maple leaf. But we did get an actual physical mail here. Okay. I love it. Thank you. We got something from one Rob Bailey. 
Oh, our much esteemed author and uh, there is a authority thing. on all things space. Yeah, so I'm holding. Um, there's a letter, which I which is done in the appropriate HRCC fashion. Yes. Written on a spiral-bound notebook, ripped out in haste. Yes. <laughs> with jagged, torn edges. The official stationery, the official HRCC stationery that Rob has wrote here. Uh, I will read this, and I will hand this off to Leia. Okay. This is some papers with things folded up in them. All right. So. How clandestine. Hi, Josh and Leia. I was at the Space Center in Houston. Of course he was. <gasps> I just happen to be at the Space Center in Houston. I bet that Rob's the best person of to go course. to. Of course. Oh my center. gosh, could you oh, imagine? So fun. Rob is the Adam of Space Centers. A true story. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like it. Though I'm not entirely sure that Adam's not the he Adam also- of Space Centers. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely that for aerospace. Like if it's um if it's fixed wing and stuff like that, I, I would probably I would probably be uh interested to go hang out with Adam. Uh, so, hi, Josh and Leah. I was at the Space Center in Houston and saw these magnets. In <gasps> Mag- how do how they do work? They work. That's right. <laughs> and thought you would like them. Thank you very much for being such an inspiration to me and countless others. We appreciate all the time and effort you put into giving <gasps> us the best content in an entertaining way. From seven three, from Rob K five D C Q. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for always thinking of us. And spreading the space love. <gasps> there is one for the Webb Space Telescope, which by far my favorite space telescope. I mean, wow, I, take that, I Hubble. Saw, I saw that in person. So you have, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. You have, <laughs> yes. What did, what, did, what, did, what did Ben call it? I don't know. What did he call it? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, but it's very... The James Brown yes. space telescope. <laughs> funky. The funky telescope. <laughs> that funky telescope. And then there is one for Artemis. Oh, cool. So this is very cool. Amazing. Uh, the space. Yeah, model. I'm uh, I'm excited. Well, so I don't know what the heck we... I don't know why we're going back to the moon per se, other than to say we can do it. Um, I don't know what we have left to learn at the moon. Well, we need to harvest it for resources, obviously. Trust me, Leia. If there was resources on the moon, we'd be harvesting. There is this whole... uh, Okay. There is this whole concept that, like, we we build spaceships that are technically designed to launch out of atmosphere. Okay. But if you wanted to build a space vehicle for traveling in space... It wouldn't be designed the way we do them. You'd build it in space. Okay. So there are thoughts to, well, why don't we put some kind of a manufacturing base? On the moon. Well, <laughs> there's atmosphere to the moon and it has its own gravity. So it's... Sure. Sorry, take that back. There's no atmosphere on the moon, but it has its own gravity. So it's it's not really conducive to also being a space port, right? Yes. Like some kind of something in orbit not as big as the moon so it doesn't have like a massive amount of gravity that you could build a ship on and then those ships would take on different design different shape because they wouldn't be neat they wouldn't need to be built to to launch out of atmosphere okay. they'd already be in no atmosphere okay right 
that makes sense? Yes, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah. It's like that whole uh, the star dock for Star Trek is mm-hmm. like out in orbit. What what's the um the ham fest that's near the space camp? Huntsville. Oh, that's the one that's coming up. It's next week. Oh man. You wanna go? No, the kids just are just hey, starting school. Thought I'd offer. <laughs> are you going to space camp? No, but I was thinking about going to the uh Air and Space Museum. Yeah, I wanna do that. I might try and fit that in on Friday. Maybe Rob could meet up with you there. Maybe. Aaron Space Museum. Yeah, I might try and do that. Cause if, uh, and go with Adam. I'm sure he can teach you something. Adam's not going. <gasps> no, Adam. Shane's going. What? Shane's going. Okay, well, maybe you can go with Shane. I mean, no offense, Shane. You know Adam. But <laughs> I mean, he, he knows. Everyone knows they're not Adam. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, I, I uh, so I get in on Friday evening. And then I'll be there, uh, sorry, Thursday evening. And then I'll have all Friday. So I, I'll probably go there. Maybe I'll go there in the early afternoon if I get my badge. I'm just going to stick this on this magnet on your computer. Okay? Don't do that. <laughs> probably not a good idea. <laughs> Thank you, though. All right. Well, that's the... to uh, decorate your laptop <laughs> with magnets. No, thank you. So that's the physical mail depot. You can send us a, a physical mail. The address is in the show notes, but I think it's like P.O. Box 5101, Cerritos, California, 90703. Nailed it. All right. To the right of the looming tower is the voicemail annex. Leia, if someone would like to voicemail us instead of emailing us, how would they do that? They can call 562-334-2389. Awesome. And away we go. Let us get away. Hello, uh, HRCC Podcast, Josh and Leah. I got a quick question hey. for you. Uh, if you go to college to learn how to make antennas, would that mean if you graduate, you'd get a dipole ma? <laughs> 73, <laughs> take you for empty out. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know what's really so nice much. is that these puns don't come with anybody's name, so you have no idea, no idea who to thank. But I do have phone numbers. <laughs> Josh is going to start texting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is this? Thank you, thank you for the puns. I appreciate them. Hand me a tissue, please. Thank you. Hey, Leia, Josh is Han Solo K zero F. Hey, Han Solo. I just heard the uh, podcast on uh, Friday, August 4th, and uh, sorry about that. I didn't put the total in there. Uh, I am at 37. 37? Wow. Activated for parts on the air, and that's including Washington, D.C., and I'm at 32 states activating summits wow. on the air. Wow. And uh, there's five states that don't have any summits, and so the total would have been 37-37, uh, but uh, there's only... So far, 32 states on the summit side. Way to I go. To That's get, impressive. Uh, both the park and a summit in New Jersey, New Hampshire, and Maine at the end of August, beginning of September. I'm going to be up there for a couple conferences for work. And so I'm going to try to hit those three states, knock them out, uh, get a park and a summit in each one. Nice. And, uh, should have that done uh, before, oh, I guess, the middle of September. And so there's that uh, is knocking those out, bringing the totals up. But yeah, so far, 37 states, including D.C. for parks and 32 states for summits. 
All right. Well done. done. That's impressive. I love it. You know, the other thing uh, about this is I'm starting to feel like K-Fire is purposely scheduling his work conferences in states that he hasn't activated. (laughs) Well, it would be funny if he was if he's like the sole person who sets up the training. Like, <laughs> he's like, I hear that these two people need training. He's <laughs> been trying to figure out how to get like, to like. Uh, we don't even use your product, <laughs> like, but the training's free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like North Dakota. <laughs> what are we doing exactly? What is this for? Well, we scheduled it, so I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) I scheduled it, so I am making it happen. Well done, well done. I I like it. I think there's a... uh, You've made quite a few hams jealous today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, can't wait to hear the next adventures. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, this is Doug, KB8M. Hey, Doug. Uh, I just listened to the podcast, and I (laughs) had to laugh a bit last week, uh... You read my uh, email about Mammoth Cave, uh, my activation there. And, yeah, I did not have 59 Texas contacts. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, 5-9 signal report from Texas. Uh, yes. But yes. I only had, like, a total of 10 voice contacts and one CW contact. So I activated the part. Nice. But, no, I, I, it wasn't that good. Uh, I would have liked to have had, but. Uh, we left before that, so we got done with those contacts and then went on our tour. Good. Um, but, yeah, I listened to this week's uh, podcast, and thanks for reading my email again, uh, follow-up about uh, my jumper, Carlos. Yeah, amazing. Cool. Super amazing. cool. Um, yeah, there was this – I know, Josh, you had mentioned about uh, working amateur radio, uh, Parachute Mobile, and uh, while you're reading it, you guys got squirreled away talking about some other stuff uh, about ways jump and some other things. Yeah, and sorry about that. What? Paragraph of the email, which I did talk about. Uh, Carlos and I, after that jump, uh, since the weather was bad uh, to begin with, and they didn't start jumping till like two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. They normally start at eight o'clock in the morning, so it was that much of a delay. Uh, in the afternoon, we tried to get scheduled. Uh, we couldn't get scheduled for a jump. I couldn't get on the manifest for another jump oh, that day. Oh, I see. So we could not do a parachute mobile jump. We fully intended to, but we, it just didn't work out. So I've got a deposit in out at the Chicago Land Skydive Center, and Carlos and I are working out when a schedule will work for us, and we will get that done. We'll get a parachute mobile jump done. And I That's amazing. Know about it. I love it. I uh, just want to clarify those two things, and... Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. And we will talk to you later. 73. This Thank you for the clarification. You hold that Carlos accountable. <laughs> I'm just kidding. As though Carlos is not like going to come. Ju- um, Doug, yeah, you're going to come. You're going to go? Let's go. Let, let's let's jump go. today, Doug. I'll do it right now. <laughs> Doug, let's go. What are you doing today, Doug? Doug? <laughs> are you still there, Doug? <laughs> hey, Doug, I noticed you weren't jumping today. Would you like to... Are you for jumping, Are you for jumping, Doug? (laughs) All right. Well, can't (laughs) wait to hear about it. (laughs) You know, Carlos is the Adam of Skydiving. Maybe a a peanut butter jelly, peanut butter and jelly and bologna sandwich. No, Josh doesn't get away with not doing balut. Oh, yeah, no. Bologna, a little ketchup, and... A jelly of your choice. 
Balut jelly. (laughs) Sourdough or buttermilk. And how about that? Nope. Anyways, that was it. Been trying some ham radio. Nothing yet. Anyways, toodles. (laughs) Well, thank you for the suggestion. Thanks. No, I, I, I appreciate it. It has to be Balut. I just mentally have a problem. I'm sorry, Kevin. He's got to do the balloon. I have to do yeah. the balloon. Mm-hmm. I have to get over my mental problems. It's true. <laughs> and actually, the sandwiches you suggested don't actually sound that bad. No, nobody's so, mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> Why, good day, my friends. It's Kilo one more day for zero. Hey, Nathan. the <laughs> I did. I, I I did have to go to an express care uh, medical clinic. Oh no! Because I continue to be sick, but I am improving with antibiotics. Just so to give you a little update. Oh. Also, don't use dollar store rope to hold up your antenna wire. Seems like a good tip. Period. I don't know. It uh doesn't hold up in UV. And uh, turns to dust. Whoa. Um, so <laughs> oh, no. I made that mistake twice. Oh, no. But now I've uh, <laughs> ordered some uh, guy rope or something like that. Something from DX Engineering. Dacron. Specifically for holding up. <coughs> Excuse me. Holding up uh, antenna wires and such. And uh, supporting that with uh, a strength of just short of a thousand pounds. And oh, oh my, that's a, that's a great podcast. Um, <laughs> oh no, Nathan, I hope Nathan. you feel better soon. I hope that uh, works a lot better. I got 100 feet of it because I'm not, I don't need 330 feet. Strength of feet. a coursing wind. Um, <laughs> at this time, what was it? So great time. I bought DX Engineering and I tried to play the get free shipping game, and then I decided I don't need to play that game, <laughs> so I just added, I had a I didn't have a cable to go in between. I have an antenna tuner that I already had and the 7300 in case I need it at some point. Uh, a cheap enough cable, but it was made specifically to go between um, and the LDG tuners that I already have and um, ICOM products. So I went with that. So, I don't know. You learn as as you live and as the wind blows, so falls the cables. And then the you laugh. <laughs> and you so love. This is uh, Kilo One Mike Alvarez improving in Vermont. <laughs> oh, geez. oh, no, it doesn't Bye-bye. sound improving. It doesn't sound improving. Oh, no. Well, I'm glad you got on uh, antibiotics. Is it a Z pack? Is it <laughs> just broad spectrum antibiotics? Here's everything. <laughs> throwing the book at you well i do hope that you feel better soon and i appreciate the commitment to the podcast indeed even when you're sick indeed healing thoughts to you nathan okay hey josh and leah this is uh, andrew here k-e-a-f-h-e hey andrew uh, your indiana mailman correspondent and i'm just uh calling because i've listened to the listen to the pod uh, as one does and I heard you guys bring up NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. Up a bunch of memories for me. My mom, my mom would do NaNoWriMo. Still does, but 
for as long as I can remember, ever since I was a kid, she would do NaNoWriMo every November. And wow. she, would, she would have her plans out. She would have, I have to write, I forgot what her goal was, but X number of words per day she would have to write. And um, I remember her always keeping track of it and um, and all that. And I just I just remember even on Thanksgiving, she would um, we would go over to my uncle's house or whatnot, and she would love – not, well, at the time, it was a bigger laptop, I guess, it was the early, early 2000s, early 2010s. Anyway, I'm getting off. That's when we had to have a covered wagon to carry our laptops. <laughs> um, so she would, she would bring her laptop to Thanksgiving, and then right after, right, literally right after dinner, when everyone else was, like, talking or doing whatever one does on um, Thanksgiving, she would just be in the corner. Just that writing, is commitment I can I respect. When I got toward the end of the month, um, like the Thanksgiving break and we would be home from the school and whatnot. She would, she would tell us, don't bother me. It's nano time. As soon as your dad gets it's home, nano don't time. talk to me. Come to your dad. It's nano time. So I just remember that. And she self-published a couple of books. I was going to ask you, like, did Amazing. she actually turn it into something? I don't know if they still do it, but it used to, if you write your 50,000 words in the month of November, uh, the prize was they gave you the resources to self-publish it. And they would send Whoa. you like copies. Anyway, I think I'm uh, pretty close to timing it out, so I should probably find something ham radio related to talk about. Um, uh, yeah, radio is pretty cool. Uh, I like it. <laughs> um, got an email in the works, but uh, don't know when. Don't know when I'll get it. Hopefully, when I go home from work tonight, I'll finish. Finish. Uh, Maybe you should it, save that for Nano Radio. Who knows? I'm lazy, and <laughs> it's a long one. Um, kind of ironic that I called to talk about Nano I'm like, oh yeah, my mom would do all this, but I can't even an email finished on time <laughs> I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to have it done two podcasts ago but now what i'm talking about what i was going to talk about in the email is becoming slowly more and more irrelevant uh, anyway um hopefully it hasn't timed out hopefully i'm not just speaking into the ether but uh, you are not to both of you and uh hope to hope to um, yeah i was gonna say hope to hear from you again but this is a podcast it's kind of a kind of a one-way form of communication almost well, you hear uh, from anyway, us. Thank you, Andrew. I, you know, tell your mom that we have the deepest of respect for yeah. her. That is amazing. I'm curious if, like, she self-published and, like, did she sell the book? Did it? Multiple it worth books. the effort? Multiple books. Sometimes, you know, when you're a writer, it's. You just want to get the message out. You have to get like the story out or the. It's not even out. about making money, right? It's exactly. The, it's just about getting the message out. And if you can reach even one person, you know, Sometimes that's the, you have to. You that's have to the reach whole... them and say, "Read my book. <laughs> you read my book. I mean, Why won't you read my book?" That's the basis of blogging, right? You're kind of like blogging into the ether, hoping that people will read what you have to say and that it can help someone. Yeah, I mean, not all. Just like all the people. recipes we look up all the time. <laughs> Those I just want the recipe. <laughs> I think it would be no. fine if they. You want to be. You want to be saved as a human being. Up. At the top, <laughs> and then you can tell me your life story well, and how it brought the you origin to this. of this story is really funny. <laughs> My grandmother was a triceratops. <laughs> this story starts at the at the Jurassic period. 
And then 28,000 well, pages later. It's a story from Mammoth Stew. So, right. Yeah, that yeah, makes well, sense. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> All right. So, as Alas, it is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu. Having returned. In oh, Nathan, you sound better. Night. Oh, the medicine has kicked in. This night, he's I gone like fully mad. Speak about um, <laughs> a post that was shared by Ham Radio Outlet, <laughs> um, highlighting a YouTube video. What? What happened? That, uh, the ARRL posted up. It's conveniently titled "How to Access the." Uh, yeah, the uh, magazine for, distributed by the ARRL digitally online, either through the website or through um, the app. And it explains it well. I, I didn't know. It, you shan't, can't just log into the website, the website and voila. Um, the... And uh, I usually use the app for stuff. And that's actually the how I usually use um, and look at the magazines, checking stuff on the go, stuff like that. I actually, honestly, even when the stuff is mailed to me, I flip through the QST like maybe one time and then it just takes up space. So I'm fine with renewing and not having magazine for me. But a lot of people posted um, through the Facebook. So these are people that are using Facebook uh tech-savvy enough to know how to comment on a post that they're not going to read it digitally. And, uh, yeah, Facebook is not, and I was just thinking, not really an indication um, of tech-savvy. I don't know how, like, advertising works, nope. but, like, if you... At no point. If they see a significant drop, not like everybody, but a significant enough drop in actual magazines needing to be produced for the members... I would think that um, the advertisers might think, uh, why why do we need to pay as much? So I, I, I don't know if that's a, a true thing or if they, a ARRL will advertise it as the potential still for all, all of the um, members to still access it digitally. So that's a possibility of people seeing your advertising, but... I definitely think there's going to be a decrease in oh yeah in paper copies. People flipping through, oh my God, seeing the, the advertising people? stuff like that, and just having the potential of I might open the app, I might go to the website and look at it, and I might come across advertising. But uh, what do you what do you guys think? Without getting to, I'm not. I don't want to get into this. Like this is making fun of a year. Oh, timed, timed out. out. Hold on. Yeah, so I was saying this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu. I was saying I didn't want to, I don't want to make it a weekly make fun of the or criticize. I don't know, Nathan. It kind of feels like you are. I'm going to definitely re up. I think it's in October when I have to re re up. All right, I'm going to. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to keep with it. I just just was wondering on the. What do you think on the advertising and how, how that would affect, uh, especially since that seems to be one of their avenues of making money other than the um, the membership? 
Steve. Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder. I just wonder how it all is going to be affected. Right, they, they, they're doing fine. Whatever. This is people on Mike Alzulu saying seventy-three. Bye bye. Why doesn't the ARRL partner with retailers like ham radio retailers, and like they do every month? Offer like a discount at a different ham radio retailer because the retailers aren't going to offer a discount. Oh, well, they don't got they don't have discounts to give. The discounts come from the manufacturer, not the not the retailers. The retailers don't have margins to do that. Okay, for whatever the manufacturers. Who cares? Like a, at least make it so that if you bought a radio, if you use coupon code A double seventy three at checkout, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that th- you're saying the A only... is getting into affiliate codes now. But only like you're only getting the code if you're a member, mm-hmm. right? And so then it feels like you're getting your membership feedback through savings. Spavings, Leah? Yeah. Are we doing? That's... Are we making the spavings <laughs> argument? I, I will be the well. I'm not the first to say this, but I like the digital copy of QST and the magazines just as fine on my iPad. Yeah, we were talking about iPads earlier. In fact. Now that I'm older, I am leading towards the route of like, I don't want any more junk taking up space. Yes. I'm literally taking the, the amount QST of articles. Mail. I'm taking the QST magazines and I'm taking them to You're work. Digitizing them yourself. No, I'm taking them to work <laughs> in the hopes that some ham that has yet been discovered goes, Help, I need a bunch of ham radio magazines. And I'd be like, <laughs> I am ready for this problem. <laughs> Here are all these magazines. Go, go for it. You're just and you're handing them out like those uh, flyers on Vegas Boulevard. Have you have you heard about ham radio? Flick, flick. <laughs> that are normally prostitutes. <laughs> Is that the only? That thing? was the reference. <laughs> that was the that first the thing, thing that came to mind. Flicking? Yes. It's- it's not like for shows or something. Well, I mean, it's a show, I guess. <laughs> if you get right down to it. Just... That's not even a thing anymore, Leia. You've dated yourself like 20 years. Those card flipping guys are gone. When when the walkways yes. started, yeah. cards were done. That's true. <laughs> when you were back on the sidewalk of Las Vegas Boulevard, that's when the card clickers yes. were started out there. <laughs> wow, you dated yourself so hard. But then also had no idea what they were actually doing at the same time. I just knew that they were inappropriate and I should not be looking at them. <laughs> and you just really wanted to use it in an anecdote. I don't have complete control of the message, but... Gosh darn it. I'm going to throw it in with the ARRL. I just imagine you going through your office, flicking just, the just, That's me. That's me. And just, somebody looks and you're like shoving it in their hand. Because <laughs> the key thing was you never looked at them. <laughs> you just had to keep averting your eyes. So you have, you have different friends than I do. First of all. We've talked about Matt. Yes. <laughs> Matt would take all of them. <laughs> For what? Because. <laughs> because they were free. Grade them. Like, which is the best? <laughs> Gotta collect them all. of the Pokemon of the strip, I guess. But weren't some of uh, some of the flyers also of, like, different shows? Like, the Cirque du Soleil <laughs> flyer. Oh, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. Look at this timeshare. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude's giving a timeshare speech that he won't let you leave. 
on the sidewalk. <laughs> this is horrible. Eh? <laughs> That's you with the QSD magazine somewhere. That's me. <laughs> That's me. Got a backpack with spinning lights and light up things. <laughs> That's what I do. That's I'm allowed to do that for five minutes a day. <laughs> otherwise, I get HR called on me. It's too much otherwise. All right. So thank you, everybody, who left a voicemail. Yes, thank you. We genuinely appreciate hearing all of your wonderful voices. And we are going to make our way up, up the, the tower. tower. So, yeah, if you'd like to email us, lay it hamtactical.com send us questions about amateur radio tell us about your amateur radio journey if you want to geek out a little bit that's fine but make sure you get a little bit of amateur radio content in there and if you send us a merch idea by the way if you didn't know this hamtactical.com is the website that helps support the podcast so if you want to go buy some of our comedic ham radio merch go check it out over there but if you send us a merch idea and we like it and we make it and put it on the website we'll send you one for free so thanks everybody who sends us your great ideas therefore it's time let's start climbing the first email is titled hotel rooms and parks podcast oh my and this comes from aaron leah and josh first of all i wanted to make a few comments in regard to things from the most recent podcast okay well i think it's so great that you're giving so much love to the downtown san francisco area it should be noted that bart is just bart and not the bart well that is very confusing to me as a southern california yeah <laughs> Everything has the in front of it. This falls in line with the general delineation between Northern and Southern California. Yes. Whereas those from the South use the as the definite article before transit items such as the 101 or the 405. And those from the North would just refer to driving up 101. The border between North and South is highly contested. So I'll stay out of that. Good. Other than to say... That when I grew up in San Francisco Bay Area, it was generally accepted that the latitude at the latitude of San Luis Obispo. You trying to claim San Luis Obispo? No, that that was the delineating city between Northern and Southern California. That's the Mason-Dixon line of California yes. is what you're saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And where do the Sierras fall on that? Because down south, we play the ukulele. <laughs> South of the and San Luis Obispo line. Okay. And then on the north, they play ride Bart. Okay. <laughs> they play Bart. Second, I wanted to mention that the Hilton you stayed at has a special mem uh, place in my memory. Back in the 90s, while I was in college, I worked at a company in Silicon Valley that did various types of commercial and government RF work. Ooh. This is a decade and a half before I was licensed as a ham. The roof of your hotel right above the top floor restaurant is where we put a test transmitter for a service that operated on or near the 1.25 meter band. Not noted in a link is that most, if not all, transceiver parts for the test system were bought at HRO in Sunnyvale. Ah. The fact that HRO, Fry's Electronics, Haltech, Halted Specialties, and Weird Stuff Warehouse are all gone from the South Bay actually makes me sad. Oh, man, there was, like, nowhere Yeah, there was to nowhere go. for me to go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Uh, the link is here for my old blog post on the subject, and I will drop that in the show notes. Yep. But how cool is it that you were able to put a transmitter on the roof? That's a very tall building. It's a very tall building in an area that's kind of like not necessarily surrounded by tall buildings. In that area, it's the one that has that 360-degree yes. window area mm-hmm. you know, that we went to. Uh, it, it's It's pretty prominent in that space. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not. I, I, there's no really other buildings that are blocking the 360. There, I mean, there are close buildings that yeah. are taller, but not as close in that area. Right. I mean, exactly. Hearing about your Angel Island Poda experience was great. Based on several of your previous YouTube videos, I tried activating a park on Poda back in June while I was on work travel in Texas. It was over 100 degrees and I was operating QRP, so I wasn't successful in fully activating with only six QSOs. While I was down there, I did operate from my hotel room with a QRP Labs QDX and a simple 20-meter dipole taped to my window and to the ceiling. I had moderate success with that, but I still wanted to fully activate a park for POTA. Last weekend, I was on a family camping trip up near Mount Shasta, and we were staying in Castle Craig's State Park, K1135. I was able to activate the park four days in a row on FT4 and, and FT8, which was very exciting, with 189 QSOs over that time. I didn't really have time to wire antennas but my best success was from a chameleon ss17 whip rigged on an old camera tripod with a bunch of random counterpoise wires yeah i also used some ham sticks to get on the lower bands i was able to activate on 80 40 30 20 17 and 15 wow as I was playing with the laptop by the campfire, I worked all over the U.S., Alaska, Hawaii, Mexico, Canada, and Chile. My kids thought I was going crazy when I made a joyful sound upon completing a QSO with New Zealand on 40 meters with a hamstick. That's pretty cool. That's impressive. Nicely done. Well, I'm so glad you were able to do that. Uh, keep up the great work. 73's Aaron N6ACA. Stay tuned because I'm going to be dropping a video next week uh, on a new chameleon antenna, an adjustable vertical antenna. Oh. Super cool, which was in it was in my my POTA video that I dropped for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But we're going to go over what are the parts of it and uh, the details. All right. Well, uh, I cannot wait to read this blog post that you've sent and I think it's really nice that you were able to go out and activate on a family camping trip. That's super fun. The next email is titled, My Ham Radio Journey Chapter 2. And this comes from Chris. Okay. This is a follow-on to, obviously, Chapter 1. Yes. Life was full. I had just started to move into that season of life when the kids have grown up and moved out on their own. The house was quiet. There was plenty of room, and I actually could have complete thoughts. Then, one day, one of my friends who had recently gotten his tech ticket started talking to me about ham radio. By this time, I had already sold all of the equipment I had, so I told him I didn't have any radios anymore. Then he told me about the Baofeng. Say what you will about this little, humble, and sometimes poorly performing radio— 
it was the thing that sparked my interest again in amateur radio. My general license had not yet expired, but since I was living in the seven call area, I thought I should change my call. I renewed my license and received a new call, KC7AHQ. I started acquiring equipment again. See, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard that the Salem Repeater Association was holding their annual ham fair in Rickreal. Yep. Thank you for that phonetic spelling for me, Oregon. So I got on my pickup and made the two-hour trip. It was a lot of fun checking out all of the used ham gear. I found a Kenwood TS520 and bought it for a reasonable price. It was old but familiar because it was like the one I started out on. Mm -hmm. I started exploring HF on my own and UHF or VHF, UHF with my friends. I got into digital HF modes like FT8. I put up an NFED half-wave antenna at my QTH. I dedicated one of my kids' old rooms to be the ham shack slash guitar studio. I built a few QRP kits. I went to Hamfest and bought more equipment. I put up a five-band trap vertical in my backyard. I built a five-element two-meter beam. You Ooh. you really went all in. Yeah, nice. Then I decided to upgrade to extra. Excellent. Why shouldn't I have all the privileges. I studied during my commute using Gordon West's audio and written material. I can still hear his voice in my head. Anyway, I took the exam and passed. Mm. Congratulations. Congrats. I kept the same call for a while, but last year I got a vanity call. It didn't cost me anything, so why not? I had developed a fondness for CW and wanted a call that worked well with that mode. Imagine how excited I was to find AA7CW was available. Oh, nice. I put that call as number one on my desired call list and sent off the application. I was very pleased when I got a notification from the FCC that my new call had been assigned and it was AA7CW. It is shorter, easier to send than my old call KC7AHQ, and it actually means something to fellow hams. I can only aspire to live up to it. Mm. That's an awesome call sign. I like that. Cool. And this uh, multiple call sign situation reminds us of another Chris, one of our HRCC admins, Mm -hmm. who uh, went through- Has all the call signs. Yeah. Got to catch them all. Yep. That's- With that change, my commitment to Master CW grew. I had to start almost from scratch because years of inactivity. So I started listening to Morse code with the goal of getting back to 13 words per minute. It has taken some time, but now I can send and receive 15 words per minute on my straight key with no problems. Not completely head copy, but close. I can get myself in trouble if I try using my semi-automatic key or my iambic key because of my tendency to send faster than I can copy. Yeah. So for now, unless I'm hunting POTA, activating POTA, or contesting, I stick to the straight key. Now, I need a really good CW transceiver for the shack. I did some informal polling via social media and was able to determine that 10 tech radios have a very good reputation in the CW community. I was able to find someone in the Tacoma area who was selling their 10 tech Jupiter. So I made the trip to go acquire that jewel. It is a great radio. Hmm. 
that is my journey to this point. And there is a pic of the ham shack that I will post in the HRCC podcast channel. Love it. What next? I have only slightly scratched the surface of doing POTA. That is my next challenge. I have a buddy pole. I think I'll need to get more than a 40 meter monoband radio for that. So that purchase is soon to be made. I have begun POTA hunting. I'm now a silver hunter. Oh, that's okay. I, I don't know what the delineations are between levels, but I imagine that if you're in the metals, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's I'm well. a pewter hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I love the outdoors. I, I just graduated from tin. <laughs> I love the outdoors when the weather cooperates. I don't think soda will be a thing for me, but POTA seems within my reach. Also on the radar ahead, the old Kenwood TS520 is acting a little tired. It just doesn't have the power it used to, so I will likely be replacing the finals in that rig soon. Oh, cool. I have a DMR radio, but haven't really given it a chance. I hope to get on more talk groups on that. Who knows what else I'll do? Looking forward to the journey ahead. AA7CW, Chris. Nice. Well, thank you so much for that sharing your amazing journey. I mean, you really, you empty nested and then filled that nest with ham radios. That's it. So, <laughs> well done. Uh, the next email, oh, there is, uh, that one says it's not for podcasts, but it's about Scrapple. So I wanted to talk about it, but it says not for podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next email is titled Merch Idea, and this comes from Jacob. Hello, custodians of Ronald Beaver's mail. I hope you're well. <laughs> We are not keeping Ronald Beaver's no, mail. No, that would that be mail through. fraud. That would be fraud. We shove that. Yep. Back in. Yeah. And you know what? When I do it, I shove it as hard as I can. I want it flying so far back into that mailroom. And somebody goes, what? Are they, is they, are they trying to tell me something? Uh, is that... Who owns this mailbox? And then they pick it back up and put it right back in. Right back in. <laughs> that Ronald Beavers. <laughs> what a jokester. What a, what a funny guy. I hope you're well. I've attached a fun idea that I have for a morale patch. I think most hams would get a smile from it, though it may be borderline for the uber sensitive. Mm. And I will show Josh a picture. It's mm. a uh, handy talkie yeah. with a circle X through it that says learn to code. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, know. We're, we're, we try to be really inclusive. If you want to use handy talkies, that's, yeah, yeah. My favorite radio is the ID fifty two, right? So yeah, I I don't I don't want anybody to feel bad about what they like to do in ham radio to prop up another mode in ham radio to feel better about itself. Like it's Morse true. code, Morse code should feel good about itself exactly for the reasons because it's awesome because it's already awesome. Yeah. Right. We don't need to make another mode feel bad to make a bet no. another mode feel good or the people that are advocates of it sure. more, more realistically. Well, you're very sensitive to modes feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the people are the ones I'm worried about the most. Right. Uh, yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. We, we don't want to like. Yeah. You, you get it. You get well, thank you for the suggestion. Anyway, we do appreciate it. Thank Jacob you. signs off. Best Jacob KK7 CCG, etc. Thank you, Jacob. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
The next email is titled Activate All Rhode Islands, September 6th through 9th, 2023. And this comes from David. Greetings, Team HRCC. I just wanted to make you aware of an upcoming event. POTA activators from all over Rhode Island are teaming up and are going to activate every single park. All five of them. From September 6th through 9th, all 52 parks. Wow. Rhode Island's tiny. There are 52 potas in there? That's wild. What? What? That's a lot of parks. That's more than I expected. For a very small area. Right, right. Uh, David has provided us with a flyer. I will drop that link in the show notes. David signs off. Hope to get you on the air. David W3DRE. That's, but you remember we heard about Rhode that's Island. That's Weedray. We can't just go there. You can't just what? go to Rhode Island. Why? They'll, they'll get you right out of there. Why? They know if you're not local. You're not from and there. And just boot it. They get out. You're not a roadie. They take you out. <laughs> you, did not, you did not road hard to get yes. here. <laughs> well, I cannot wait to hear this. 52 parks. That's a lot. And you, and you got... You got POTA activators for every park? That's, wow. I mean, this is this sounds great because everybody needs Rhode Island. Yeah. That's, they always need more Rhode is, Island. Even if they have Rhode Island, they can always use more Rhode Island. This is a real gift to hams everywhere. Oh, yeah. Thank you, great. Rhode Island activators. Thank you. Thank you, Rhode Island activators. All right. The next email is titled Morse Code, and this comes from Phil. Okay, Phil. Hi, Josh and Leia. I was happy to hear Independence Day in the new Morse code drop. I think it's one of the better representations in movies. Definitely better than the super secret CIA satellite that calls CQ an enemy of the state. (laughs) Anyhow, a couple of weeks ago, I was annoyed at not being able to work some strong sounding DX on CW that was out of my band privileges, and I resolved to start studying for the extra. I made it my goal to finish at or before a local ham fest in October. Studying was going pretty well, so I decided to show up to an exam session this past Saturday. And what do you know? I passed 50 out of 50. Ooh. Wow. Congratulations, Phil. Very good. I think think you should really get a bonus if you get a perfect score. You know, really. Just from us. That's... (laughs) You get the bonus. We need a we need a perfect score drop. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's like one hundred, like the opposite of emotional damage. <laughs> like... The hundo. <laughs> Shout out to the W four E E Y extra videos on YouTube. The AWRL book by itself is not going super well, so they were a lifesaver. No. Oh. Thanks for the pod, Phil, K-E-8-K-I-K. Well, thank you so much, Phil. P.S. My day job is teaching band, mostly to middle school students, so I hope the trumpet study continues at your house. Sorry, Leia. I'm happy for Ben to practice trumpet, especially while I'm at work. (laughs) I was was waiting to see where we're going with this one. Because Ben... Is gonna be. He starts next week, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we're paying monthly on that thing. He needs to start using it. Yeah, I didn't expect you to take it home that day. What did you want me to do? I I wanted you to help him select. He selected trumpet. 
Yeah. And then you brought it home. What did you want me to do again? What am I supposed to do? You know, just let him try them all out and then he could make a decision. It's fine. This place wasn't a lot of try. This was like. It's fine. He can try out the trumpet if it. It turns out Milo also plays trumpet. I don't care. So then Milo was like, I'll show you a few things. <laughs> I'm like, I'll show you how I trumpet. <laughs> That's... Has he started actually playing it? Uh, he has used it a couple times, but he's like, I just don't know how to use it. And I'm like, use YouTube, man. So then don't show anyone. <laughs> oh, anything. Milo? Yeah. No, 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 no. Milo is, has been in band already oh, okay. for like two years. So he just I knows think. how to play the Jurassic Park thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe the theme song to Gravity Falls, too. Okay. Good. And the Pokemon theme song. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. In trumpet. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what you want. All right. The next email is titled Morse Code. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, this is a lot one. of yeah. Morse Code content. Wow. Thanks, Phil. We will keep it up. The next email is titled First Soda Chase VHF Mountain Experience. Oh. And this comes from Drew. Hello, Leia and Josh, my favorite ham radio personalities, if I'm honest. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. I was going to send Leia a link to a video of the band I'm playing, I'm in playing a song to see if we were good enough to join her post-apocalyptic preps group on the grounds that one of us is a carpenter, one is an electrician, one a chef, and the other jack of all trades with lots of wilderness experience and hunting skills. But alas, I'm not sure my artistic dreams can handle the crushing weight of Leia's criticism. This is me making a sad face. Hey, Drew, you guys are in. Just based on the skill, I if you're not, you're not any in good, because of your music. If you if you're I trust that you're fantastic, but in the case that maybe you're not fantastic, I have earplugs. <laughs> It'll be fine. She's banking on the other skills. The, <laughs> one of the best things Josh ever gave me, actually, was uh, the Apple Air Max. What, what, Air, Give Air, is such Air, an odd <laughs> term. <laughs> It Using was so give generous. here is such an interesting. <laughs> the noise cancellation is amazing, and uh, I feel like anybody can do anything if, if I have those on. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're really good. It's a wonderful gift. I know they're really good. Yeah, I really appreciate you giving me that hand yeah. me down. Again, <laughs> give hand me down. Those are all. Those are all words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are words you chose. Accurate. Yes. You, you, you <laughs> yeah. chose them. So on to ham radio stuff. Uh-huh. Actually, you know what, Drew? Send it to me. Send me the video. I would yeah. like to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like watching people perform things, so. <laughs> I am a human being who likes to hear people play music live. I am not a robot. <laughs> We're going to see people perform live for my birthday slash our anniversary, remember? What? We're going to go see All for One. and What is happening? What is? It's like two bands of the same. It's like All for One and something else. Where? Not 98 Degrees. Is 98 that, Degrees? Is that the Performing Arts Center? Yeah. 
Didn't I get out of that? With how? <laughs> like how? I'm going to go celebrate our anniversary with somebody else? No, I just I thought we were all out. Like, no. 98 degrees? Isn't that like Nick Lachey? Yeah. You remember she divorced Jake? He divorced Chicken of the Sea. The Chicken of the Sea girl. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole Simpson? I thought you were going to say Nicole Wallace. No, Nicole Simpson. That is correct. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh. What if oh. I hate it? What if I'm just like, Good. Oh, and I'm like, you want to go? Really, let's get really out of here. Oh, let's get out of no, here, babe. No, we're staying for the whole thing. The oh. tickets were expensive. Music We've got ears. like center, like. Oh, I got to get close to it? Yeah, we're oh, very close. Oh, God. Yeah, this you'll, is amazing. You'll almost be able to feel the sweat. Oh, you know? oh yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, it's no Eras tour, but you know what? That's Eras. Yeah, Eras. You don't know what Eras is? No. Are you living under a rock? That's the Taylor Swift concert that's touring right now. I don't care about Taylor Swift. <sighs> She's just such great showmanship. That's. I saw a video where like somebody said, "There's only two there there's only two income brackets i understand anymore either you had enough money to buy tickets to the eras tour or you stayed home <laughs> That's... i know a lot of people who went to the eras i have tour i have no interest in going to a taylor swift anything that's why we're going to 98 degrees <laughs> <laughs> again fantastic gotta be honest i'm also not necessarily part of that community either what if I told you it was, uh, what is that, that one band that you like? <laughs> that one band. Yeah, was it Muse? No. I do like Muse. <laughs> I can't imagine them playing with 98 Degrees. Was it Heart? No. Heart? How did you go from Muse to Heart? <laughs> what is the band? They've got like a little bit of a Depeche Mode sound, but like more rock. <sighs> oh, it's, and they sound kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> you used to listen to it a lot. What are you talking about? That band that you like that's kind of depressing. <laughs> what is that called? You're talking about him? Yes, him. <laughs> How did you <laughs> Depeche Mode? Wait, you, wait, they're not playing together. Who? Him is not playing with ninety eight degrees. No. <laughs> how did that ever? How does like that... maybe I could get get that band to come to <laughs> Cerritos? Oh, there's no way. There's no Why way. Why they broke up? I don't know, but I just can't. And they're not gonna get back together. I can't. They're see not that. getting the band back together. I can't see that happening. <laughs> At the Cerritos Performing Arts Center. Why not? I think they, got, I think <laughs> they, they have play to, whatever. <laughs> I think they first have to go find Bam Margera, who's still like hiding out in the Pennsylvania wilderness <laughs> from the from the authorities. Bam Margera plays in him. No. Was, oh. <laughs> Jesus. Is he the lead singer? No. <laughs> okay. 
So now on to the ham radio stuff. Yeah. Tennessee is an interesting state. The west end of it is so flat, you can see a flashlight 20 miles away at night Mm -hmm. if it's pointed at you. Okay, that's hyperbole, kind of. If you really want to know how flat it is, ask me to tell a story about it. Yes, tell me this story. How flat is it? (laughs) The east end is quite mountainous. And the middle is, well, very rolling. As I live in the middle part, I've often scratched my head over my ability to hit repeaters with my mobile and wondered if there's something wrong with it or if it really is, as I suspect, the terrain. So this past Saturday, I went for a hike in northern North Georgia, which shares some of its mountains with East Tennessee. Specifically, I hiked up the Rocky Face Ridge to an area known as Buzzard's Roost. This area was the site of a civil war battle, which in the Confederacy fortified the top of the Rocky Face Ridge in an effort to stop Sherman's march towards Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta. Back in 2020... (laughs) When the panoramic overtook most of America, I was lucky enough to be on the crew that was building mountain bike trails on this site, which is, as far as I know, the only mountain bike trail on a Civil War battlefield. That said, I had no time to hike to the top of the ridge. Sherman could have went a lot further was... with mountain bikes. Yeah. <laughs> this is our recreation if troops had mountain bikes. <laughs> This is where the war turned. <laughs> the lack of mountain bikes. Yes. Uh, uh, that said, I had no time to hike to the top of the ridge because I was working. What's at the top of the ridge? Great views and some of the most intact Confederate breastworks in the country. They are intact because the Union Army never successfully attacked and overran them. Rather, Sherman, having having been a surveyor in the area prior to the war, decided since they couldn't overcome the fortifications, they would go around them by way of Snake Creek Gap. Hmm. So much for the history lesson. I'll attach a few pictures. I will drop those pictures in the show notes. If you look way, way off in the distance, the last and tallest ridgeline you can see on the horizon, about 22 miles away, is Lookout Mountain, which plays two important roles in my radio story. First, there is a repeater there. I impressed myself by holding several long QSOs with some guys who are regulars on that repeater via handheld. Yes, I had my HT with me. Why not? which is a record for me hitting repeaters with a handheld. It would have also been a record for my mobile. Previously, 21 miles was the best I had managed. Into the same repeater from the interstate, one mile west from where this picture was taken, I still felt like that was a fairly weak performance for the mobile, but I was happy with the contacts on the HT. When I got back to the car, very tired, it is a very steep hike, Mm -hmm. I discovered that traffic was a disaster. The only two roads into Lookout Valley where I am staying from the east because they were doing construction on the interstate and everyone was trying to get around the backup by using 41, a little two lane road that cuts across the north end of Lookout Mountain. So I decided to go over Lookout and come into the valley from the west side. While climbing Lookout and listening to some of the locals on the Lookout Mountain repeater, I heard something else cutting in. Mm -hmm. It took me a second. Then I realized 
it was someone calling on 520. So I turned the volume for that VFO up and I realized someone was calling CQ Soda, but I couldn't make out the call sign. But I was also still climbing. So after a couple of minutes, I had a good strong copy and grabbed the mic and made a contact with the soda station. For those of you keeping up at home, yes, that's my first soda chase, even though it chased me and I was driving in the wrong direction. The activator was calling from a grassy mountain east of me and I was going west, but that didn't stop us. Oh, cool. Google Earth shows the distance for that contact to be 43 miles. I guess my mobile is working fine and my problems really are terrain related. Yes, I think so. Josh, looking forward to seeing you in Huntsville. Thank you both for all you do. And thank you to the HRCC community for being outstanding people. 73, Drew, K-O-4-T-W-Q. Thank you, Drew. Uh, P.S. It's up to you if you pause recording to listen to this, listen to it all, or ignore it. It's a link to the band playing the song you probably know. Okay, we are going to pause. Yep. I am going to watch the video. Okay. Drew, you guys are really good. You yeah. sound just like the original. Sound like the original. Well done. Yeah. And I'm going to show Josh pictures uh, okay. that I'm you sent pictures. over. Ooh, that is outdoors. That. that is more outdoors. Ooh, oh, I like that little that. overlooking shot. That's cool. That is that is a that, place with greenery, things yeah, we don't is. have in Southern California. Not in the summer. Everything out here just dies. Mm-hmm. Dies or uh, burns. Or burns then dies. Mm. Yes. Speaking of that, Maui. Oh, my gosh. I was going to talk about that in the preparedness corner. Yeah, we should have really talked about that. You know, we were just talking uh, during the San Francisco trip. About how we should go to Maui because... No, Big Island. No, my sister wanted to go to Maui because apparently uh, every island that's like readily accessible is starting to get overpopulated and overdeveloped to the point where the locals, the cost of living is too high. Okay. Except Maui. I don't know why. Okay. But... I saw before and after pictures today. Oh, it's it's, it's tragic. Decimated. I mean tragic. I am so sad for and so many lives lost. I Oh, it's crazy the amount of like yeah, I, 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 I don't think understand. That they just how. were not prepared. Like they Or they just didn't know where to go. They like I it, think it just, they didn't have a natural disaster like this before. Wildfires are not a normal part. No. And so the evacuation procedures, like all of those things, probably just were not well equipped to deal with a disaster of this magnitude at the speed they needed to do it. Oh, and it must have happened very quickly. Oh, absolutely. For, for yeah. this to take that many people. But it was uh, a considerable amount of deaths, actually. This is very horrible. I mean, I think about when we have wildfires in California, how much coordination it takes for the amount of evacuation that happens in the areas it happens in. Mm-hmm. And, like, and not just that, but the amount of expertise and infrastructure that goes into being able to accurately gauge mm-hmm. where the fire will go to and how much time you have. Sure. Right? I mean, I think that people tend to be overcautious out where we are because 
we've seen it before. We know how mm-hmm. completely devastating it can be. Right. And how quickly something goes from not looking like it's being threatened to completely on yeah. fire. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, I, 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 it has to just be an experience, right? Oh, and, yeah, an experience and also probably just the speed. Yeah. I'm guessing that the speed that it, it took over. I I, uh, I haven't looked at a map yet, but I actually need to go look at a map and figure out where the, the fires were. Mm-hmm. Um, with relation i mean some of uh, some of the buildings that were destroyed are oceanfront yeah businesses right right, right. It, was, it was right there and i think they said that the cause was uh, hawaii specifically maui was undergoing a drought uh, it must have been and then uh i think there were winds from a hurricane that didn't end up making land well it's, it's windy out there all the time though yeah yeah so i mean it doesn't really take much it's just so sad yeah wow that's crazy if anybody is uh listening from maui we are thinking of you we are donating to the causes i know Mm -hmm. it's going to take a lot for maui to rebuild right you know yeah it's yeah okay well thank you so much drew for sharing these beautiful pictures the uh the civil war history Mm mm-hmm and your music. Indeed. Much appreciated. You you are definitely a part of our apocalypse team. There you go. That's... The band is in. Yeah. The next email is titled, A Tale of Two Field Days. Oh, okay. And this comes from Daniel. Hi, Leah and Josh. This is Daniel W3FEW. That's WFEW, if you caught that. WFEW. Yeah calling i've been listening for a while now and i thought i'd write in and share how my past two field days went my journey to ham radio started in early 2021 i had gotten back into model rocketry and had built pro and had built and programmed a microcontroller to log flight data into a micro sd card once that was working, I, of course, had seen what I could do to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I found that there were additional boards I could get that I could use to transmit the data back in real time. I got a board and started working on the code, but found that I'd have to connect an antenna of some sort. Of course, I didn't know how to build an antenna for such things, so off to YouTube I went. Did you know that the most of the antenna building content on ham- on YouTube is ham radio related? <laughs> Anyway, one of the results was from HRCC, which led me to being amazed by the breadth of activities that hams do. Arden, APRS, POTA, FT8, SSTV, satellite contacts. I decided to get my license past the tech and general and then extra by the end of the year. Oh, it's a threefer. And extra. Congratulations. Congrats. I had to hurry before the pending FCC fee went into effect. I started attending a local club that seemed to have some interesting things going on, mesh networking, WinLink projects, excellent presenters, and started to work on my shack. Fast forward to Field Day 2022, our club meets at the club president's home for a picnic while some people bring their equipment and set up in his yard. Many members chose to work Field Day from his contest station. Mm. My home station had been slowly coming together at this point, but my manually tuned loop stays mostly on the FT8 frequencies, so I hadn't done much phone work. 
our club president sets me down at the 80 meter station, 80 meter. Eighty meter station and walks me through the controls and I start finding stations to work. I'm having a great time. A station calls QRZ. I give the club call W3JTV. The station comes back to me. Wow. Making contacts is easy, I think. Fast forward to the 13 Colonies event. I've gotten a long wire antenna up so that I can work the event. What a surprise when stations don't just come back to me right away. I actually had to fight through the noise and pileups to manage contacting these stations. Mm-hmm. Construction of a better antenna was soon underway, as well as a few other upgrades. Cool. I mean, you you did field day at a contesting station of the club president. So I'm assuming that was big power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, kind of real like, dialed yeah, in. I mean, it is a field. It's my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> But it's also my home. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So a bit of Running a... Running a fast and loose a little bit with the rules. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, but you're you're experiencing this uh, this very high-end experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you went off to operate on your own. And you're right. like, oh. Why is my not... wire that's barely <laughs> any feet off of the ground having such a problem? Yeah so. yeah. so yes, absolutely. Upgrades. By field day 2023, I had improved my station significantly. I now had a fan dipole for 80, 60, 40, 10, and 6 meters, as well as the long wire to cover 20 and 15, both coming to a single point ground and in my shack. Okay. I had almost completed my QFH quad rifler helicoidal is it did i say that i don't think so antenna for vhf okay qfh okay okay antenna for vhf and had much greater appreciation of how much of an advantage a contest setup gives you even without the amplifiers while the club's plans for field day were much the same i would not get to operate while at the club event when I arrived, I headed to into a different room where VE sessions were taking place. Oh. Last year, while I was tuning into stations on 80 meters, my wife, son 11, and daughter 9 were in the shack watching me. I thought they must have been bored watching me spin a dial and calling out to stations, but I was wrong. My son had been enthralled and over the next year studied to take his technician test. Oh, wow. This year, it was his turn. He passed his technician test when we got there and then wanted to do nothing other than to get on the radio and make contacts. Congratulations Congratulations to your son. This year, it was his turn to work the 80-meter station. While I didn't get to work the radios, it was still an excellent field day coaching my son through making contacts with the club call sign. Well, you can log for him. He now has his call sign and is studying for general. Excellent. He was even able to get thirteen, oh, three of the 13 colony stations on 10 meters on the one day during the event where he had his call sign. That's cool. Wow. Look at that. A family affair. I have yet to get back into my microcontrollers and antennas for my model rockets, but I now have much grander plans for it. I had originally planned to simply transmit packets with telemetry. Now I'm planning for APRS. And after that, maybe I can send amateur TV from the rocket. Ooh, cool. For now, though, I'm making plans with my son for the Pennsylvania QSO party in October. 
We're thinking of setting up in one of the less popular counties nearby and working off battery or solar power. Excellent. I love that idea. I've included a picture below of my son at that 80 meter station waiting for a headset to start making contacts. I will not share this picture. Okay. While we will be at a Club Poda event on Saturday morning, both of us are excited for your live stream guest this week. 73 Daniel W3FEW. I am going to show Josh this picture really quickly. Uh, but oh. I will not post it. In no, the yeah, it looks Discord. like a, yeah, it's a, a younger a younger person. So we will yes, we will keep that off of the internet. But I love that. Picture. Hey, what a what a great couple of field days you had there. Yeah. You just twenty twenty one, and then boom, field day after great field day. Yeah, that's well done. I love it. The next email is titled. Fresh Roasted Ham from Andrew. Mm-hmm. Dear Leah, Josh, and all of the HRCC podcast family, Andrew KE8FHB here with a rare email. I usually communicate with the pod via voicemail, but something tells me that this is going to be a long one, and I don't really want to hear my own voice for that long. <laughs> but okay. I've been putting off writing this email because I've been busy and lazy, but without further ado, here it is. So it's been a big few weeks for both me in my real life and in my ham life. In early June, I moved out of my tiny two-bedroom apartment into a four-bedroom mobile home. Now, the drawbacks of living in a trailer park and having about a 40-minute commute to work are far overshadowed by all of the extra space we now have and the fact that the rent is half as much as it was for our apartment. Well, well done saving. Now I finally have a dedicated room to serve as my ham shack and can use the money I am saving on rent to buy more ham gear. Follow me for more investment tips. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Another benefit of moving to a new QTH is that I finally have space to put up a proper HF antenna. When I was living in my apartment, I didn't have room for antennas at all. So I was just using a cheap $100 mag loop that I bought off eBay. This less than ideal antenna combined with the S7 to S9 noise floor, I had made for quite a bad HF experience. However, for the new QTH, I purchased a 10 tennas, 49 to 1 transformer, and attached about 67 feet of wire to make an N-fed half-wave antenna that covers the 40, 20, 15, and 10 meter bands. Cool. I attached the feed point to a 20-foot antenna mast that is there for TV antennas that I don't plan on using, and I attached the end of the antenna to some paracord and used my trusty water bottle throw weight to get it to the end of the antenna into the tree in front of my house. I used a nano VNA that I borrowed from Carlos, kd 90 ln <laughs> nice yeah to help me trim the wire to get it perfectly in tune the noise level at my new qth is anywhere from s1 to an s3 Ooh, wow that's the dream josh is, is like the... over here now very salivating. nice very yeah. nice <laughs> that's what you want so now I have a permanent HF antenna to use at home yay me my shack is coming together great so far well congratulations Speaking of Carlos, I wanted to give him a big shout out for being a good example of what a ham radio operator should be. 
I know he doesn't listen to the podcast. Carlos. What? Listen to the podcast. But he has been a good ambassador of the hobby. And he's part of the reason I got back into ham radio. So story time. I met Carlos on one of the local repeaters in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area sometime in the fall of 2022. At that time, I was getting back into ham radio after a long hiatus, but I won't tell that whole story again as I've already told that story in another email, as per my previous email. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, Carlos encouraged me to upgrade to general, and since he's part of the VE team, he was able to hop onto the Zoom meeting and congratulate me after I passed my test. He has always been there when I needed to borrow a tool or some gear, and for that, I am thankful. In fact, he let me borrow his ICOM IC706 MKIIG to get on the air since I didn't have an HF radio and was broke AF. I ended up borrowing that 706 for like four or five months while I saved up money to buy an HF rig of my own. Once I did have the necessary funds, I said to myself, I like this 706 so much and I've been borrowing it for so long. Why don't I just buy this thing? And so it was after telling Carlos that I wanted to give uh, that rig its new forever home. We worked out a price that was fair given the condition of the rig. More on that later. And I was the proud owner of an ICOM IC 706 MKIIG. Yippee. They call that a 706 Mark IIG. What? It's not an M-K-I-I-G. Well, how was I supposed to know that? Mark, because I'm telling you, Mark 2G. Okay. I will probably not remember that. Yeah. Anyways, this email is already super long, and I haven't even gotten to the main reason I decided to write in. Man, I sure can get long-winded. You're totally fine. Great stories. Love, Carlos. So I absolutely love my 706. It's a great portable rig. And as my first HF rig, it will always have a special place in my heart. But... It's not without its problems. I bought it knowing that it doesn't always put out the full power it should. When Carlos and I were working out a price for the rig, he forwarded me an email from someone who had taken a look at the radio a few years ago and ran some tests that said it only puts out about 80 watts or so on HF bands and 30 watts on VHF. Not a big deal for me as I really don't need the VHF UHF since I already have a VHF UHF rig and 80 watts on HF is better than no watts on HF. So now that I find myself with a little extra disposable income, what should I do? Well, your that's... other problem is, you know, it's it's been thrown out of a plane a couple of times. <laughs> Maybe that's why. So strange. That's... So strange that my radio... <laughs> The power output has changed on this. Who who could have thunk it? (laughs) That's right. Start dreaming of spending my hard-earned money on a new radio. I I think you're supposed to hit that. I mean, let me spend your money. I I really want, and and we've talked about this. Actually, this has come up multiple times this year. There's really only one 100-watt portable radio in HF that exists right now. It's the Yaesu FT891. That's it. That's all there is. There isn't an all-band, all-mode. That's done. The 70, the, the 7100 is as close to that as possible, but uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a big boy. Okay. Kind of a big boy. I don't know why you're holding your finger up. What was that? Because what? it gets into some... Oh, you're still going? Yeah. Oh, okay, keep mm-hmm. going. 
Sorry. So right around the middle of July, yes, this email is super late. I wanted to wanted it to go out a few pods ago, but I guess I just kept procrastinating. I started budgeting and looking at what rig I wanted to get as an upgrade to my beloved yet aging 706. And just as I happened to be entering the market for a new radio, I saw a post on the swap channel of the HRCC Discord. The post was for a Yesu FT 450 for sale. The author of the author of this post was none other than the Leatherman West KI5WES. Okay. I was so excited for an opportunity to buy a radio from the one and only Leather God himself that I had to make an <laughs> offer. Leather God. <laughs> Well, Wes why is, is it wrapped in leather? It's a radio. <laughs> why does the radio have chaps? <laughs> it's beautifully tooled, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fringe. Well, Wes accepted my offer, and I am now the proud owner of a Yesu FT450. Huge shout out to Wes for being an all-around great guy. He packed the radio well and was very communicative throughout the whole buying process and after. The radio arrived a day early thanks to my fellow boys in blue at the United States Postal Service, and I was so excited to get home and play radio with it. Okay. I connected it to my antenna and battery and immediately made a single sideband contact with the station in Mexico City, Mexico, on 15 meters. Needless to say, my life with this radio was off to a great start. Wes and I tried to coordinate an SSB contact, but we couldn't hear each other through the noise. We were, however, able to make an FT8 contact. In the few weeks I've had this rig, I've worked Europe, South America, Australia, New Zealand, and coast to coast here in the States, all for my QTH in Northeast Indiana. Oh, Wes, pretty good. If you're listening, your girl has a good home here with me, and I will take good care of her. That's The radio is a girl. Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Wes is amazing. So Excellent. I'm so glad you were able to get that radio at a good... At, I locked I'm your assuming. girl up in a box. <laughs> and I take it with me when I need to go places. Well, this email has ended up being much longer than I expected it to be. But hey, more content for the pod is a good thing, I suppose. Anyway, I ought to wrap this thing up soon before I think about something else to ramble on about. 73, Andrew... K-E to the 8 to the F to the H to the B, your Indiana correspondent or your postal correspondent or whatever. You can be both. Thank you so much, Andrew. Did, uh, did Is that a thing that what? we refer to the post office uh, workers as the boys in blue? I mean, they do wear blue. They so do. No, sense. yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. Is the boys in blue something else? Is, is that cops? Yeah. Is that... <laughs> Generally, <laughs> but not all cops wear blue, right? I mean, I mean, our sh sure. our sheriffs wear green, so yeah. I just, you know, I I've just not heard that before. I'm not saying it's wrong. I've just not heard it. Uh, that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm gonna do the next time I go to the ball stop. What's up, boys in blue? What's up, my boys in blue? Yeah, They're gonna be like, what? Uh, Ronald Beavers? <laughs> You're back. <laughs> Thank you so, so crazy, much, Ronald Beavers. <laughs> the 
next email is titled T-shirt idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And this comes from Steve. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Beavers. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, Hosh Nasi. No, wait, it's Nass, right? Never sure. mind. It doesn't matter. I was recently listening to your fantastic podcast and the email containing the origins of Morrissey's. That's right, isn't it? Original message along the telegraph lines. And it hit me. The perfect T-shirt would be a straight key with the right hand of God descending from heaven, tapping out the phrase, what hath God wrought in below in graphic code and English text. That's it. That's (laughs) Okay, let's see. Hand of God on straight key. <laughs> How would I depict that that's the hand of God? Because it came out of the cloud. That's... And it's got a white sleeve, I guess. I, that's... What half? It's got a halo. What half God rocks? Uh, would that, uh, wouldn't that be like an angel? Yeah. The, yeah. the hand has a halo on it. <laughs> yeah. Just the top of the hand is working the key. And then on top of the hand is a halo. Yes. The that... hand... Um, has a halo yes <laughs> not the not the okay <laughs> not not the fact that it came out of the clouds <laughs> but lots of things can come out of the clouds like what like angels a huge arm yes. descending from the clouds to land uh-huh. is working a key well how do you how do you what show... has god wrath rot yeah. it's gonna need to be a really convincing cloud so that it doesn't look like a bush or something <laughs> you know like a hand reaching like it's just a, it's a sheet of cloud <laughs> and there's a hand interspliced betwi- like how betwixt, how betwixt do you make sure it looks like clouds and not like a hand coming out of um like a ceiling tile <laughs> you know? because so there's there's like two <laughs> rows of clouds okay like, there's a forward row we're of talking clouds. about stratus clouds how about you just let me, okay. let me walk through this? Because I, I would think rows of clouds. There's like a, clouds. There's a close row of clouds because okay. this has to be in a shirt. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's a close row of clouds and then a, and a back row of clouds and then betwixt the They're clouds. They're cumulus clouds, though. Let me finish. Okay. <laughs> betwixt the clouds is an arm that comes out and it's a fully connected arm. Okay. okay. All the way from... <laughs> You the got clouds. it. You can. Sounds like through a hand that uh-huh. is working a straight key. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like you got it, Josh. But the hand okay. has a halo. Yeah. Over it. <laughs> okay. That's the possibly wigs. I don't know. I would fully workshop that. That would just be an angel hand at that point, though. <laughs> when you put it that way, yes. <laughs> okay. This has been so fun. Thank you. What if? See that. I don't know. For... I don't know why I don't design shirts with you more often. <laughs> what if on each finger uh-huh. was a tiny god hand? <laughs> no, no. And no. then it says, no. <laughs> "What have God wrought?" And each of those hands also has a key. A, a tiny straight yeah. key. Oh that is my working. god. Wow. Well, Steve continues. <laughs> By the way, this is Steve from Fullerton to your east, KN6ERU. What's up, Steve? I absolutely love all of the Cerritos content. Please keep it coming. I grew up there from 1970 until 1986. Oh. 
Oh, you were here in the 70s. You he remembers know, all the, the dairies. Yes, but uh, for some reason, the people that you grew up with who still live in our city are jerks. <laughs> you remember the before Asian time. <laughs> there are so many people who get so upset <laughs> over the, the most inane thing. Just, oh no, another Korean place opened up. Where, why, was it, why aren't there five Caros in Cerritos? I'm I'm fairly certain that this is also the group of people who always say, I grew up in Cerritos, blah, 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 building authority, mm -hmm. and then we need to get rid of these coyotes with a wildlife watch. <laughs> and then get really upset that the city council has done nothing, right? And And what they're failing to realize is very much like neighborhood watch, the city doesn't start it up. <laughs> The community starts it up. Okay. You know what I mean? But what, what, wait, so you're telling me I can just start shooting coyotes? No. A wildlife watch is just a group of people who watch coyotes like they're criminals. I'm watching and you, then, coyote. And then you report them to animal control instead of the police. That's, <laughs> that's how this is wildlife control This is the most ineffective works. group. <laughs> so what you do, this is what you do. Is you you uh, you infiltrate the 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 city, right? You know those guys who are like the citizens on patrol. Yes. Yeah. You get the you get they're the... volunteers on patrol, but that's sure. Fine. What you know what? If Whatever you call them you citizens call. on patrol, they're not vops anymore. They're cops, which is very <gasps> misleading. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but you get their car. And oh. You just hit the coyotes with. It. <laughs> <laughs> so just, that's that's what you do. That's how you. That's how you make that work. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, I know you must be a super cool guy because you left the insanity <laughs> that is, dude. Those that congregation of people. <laughs> it's getting wild. Yeah. Uh, so Steve says, uh, I get nostalgic all about the place every time you guys mention some place or thing in town. I really don't know why, because I only live 15 minutes down the road and can visit any time I want. So go figure. You know, it might have to do with the fact that we talk about things that no longer exist in Cerritos. Yeah, anymore. there's a lot of things like that are gone. Fedco, uh, Monterey Bay Cannery. I don't even know. Casa Maria. I never went the there. The Big Yellow House. Never went there either. Uh, El Torito. Everybody's been doing El Torito. Yeah. Mm, Red Robin at the mall. Yeah, that's only been like five years, right? Yeah. No, it's been more than that. It's what? been like 10 years. Oh I God. almost took the boys to Red Robin today. I was like, I just want you to see how much better I this is I just want you to know island. how good your <laughs> life could be <laughs> if there was a Red Robin local. <laughs> But instead, we've got this island's trash where they charge you for fries. <laughs> it really is trash. I don't know how that upsetting. place stays in business. I don't get it. But Edison had said he wanted to go to islands again. Island I was like, sucks. no, this is a mistake because you don't know that there is somewhere better. So much better. You can get unlimited broccoli. You could get unlimited root beer floats. Oh I watched God. Loyal do it like, Amazing. What are you doing? Is this off menu right now? Is this <laughs> secret menu stuff? <laughs> You got unlimited fries. You got unlimited root beer float. You got a burger like, that's eleven hundred calories to start. <laughs> but, but 
the funny thing is, you're like, is this off menu? And it's like literally on the menu. It's, it's written in huge <laughs> letters everywhere. Like, we'll just give you everything is bottomless. <laughs> this is basically a buffet. Yeah, like that we bring you. It's it's crazy. I don't understand their business model. I don't know how it works. It's amazing. Well, Steve continues, I also want to say that I'm Team Leia. Well, thank you. You're team Leia? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. I didn't know we were there. drawing lines with... <laughs> I'm right there with you, procrastinating on getting my general, as I got my technician just weeks before the Mount Pacifico hike, which was my impetus to do it. Oh my gosh, is it. that Steve? <laughs> By the way, that was in 2019, so you're way ahead of So he's, me. I think he's single cab Steve on Discord. That's oh, the Steve that, that we're talking about. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. 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 Okay. All, all good things come to those who wait. Or is it procrastinate? Yeah. I always get those mixed up. Yeah, what's up, man? That's awesome. Thanks for emailing. Again, I know you've emailed before, too. 73, Steve, KN6ERU. Well, thank you. We'll we'll keep those Cerritos references coming. That's, yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you remember, do you remember Bruce Barrows? <laughs> How far back do we want to go? <laughs> Remember when he punched a guy? <laughs> and now he's mayor? <laughs> Again? <laughs> All right. So the next email is titled Ham Radio in the News. And this comes from Sean. Too late for this week's podcast, but kind of interesting. Not too late, Sean. You got it in. Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> this comes from, oh, no. <laughs> this link doesn't. Go to anything. <laughs> it goes to HoosierEnergy.com. Who, like the Hoosiers? Yeah. Okay. But it Not appears, who's your energy. Yeah. Hoosier. But it, it says error establishing a database connection. So I feel like, Shane, maybe this might be an internal memo for Hoosier employees. <laughs> but I can make out from the URL, it says ham radio, more than a hobby for Hoosier Energy employees. So that's... Wouldn't that be funny if that's just internal intranet? <laughs> it's, a, it's an article just for folks that like work. Yeah. But hey, uh, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to drop this link in the show notes. But if you want to like maybe screenshot the article or, you know, yeah. maybe ask HR before you start sending <laughs> that out publicly. Thank you, though, Sean. Thank you. Oh, uh, Steve has a addendum email with a T-shirt idea. OK. Uh, that for the t-shirt idea, uh, graphic code should have said Morse code for Steve's t-shirt idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's, uh. Wait, this is not what hath God wrought? Yes. Yeah. It what said you... below in graphic code, but it's supposed to say in Morse code. In Morse code. Yes. Yeah. Ah. That, that makes sense now. Josh is updating his notes now. <laughs> all right <laughs> he blames it on siri that's good which checks out yes because siri is always responsible for my yes. typos did you put the halo above the hand <laughs> it's very important i didn't mean like a round halo i meant like the halo of light that is behind jesus's head in paintings like you're talking like a gothic catholic like the halo of light there's no head <laughs> it's an arm coming out of the sky 
<laughs> to manipulate a Morse code key. But can we just pre- can we just pretend he has a halo? We won't see him. Maybe the back just says in quotes. I know there's no head of God on this shirt, but please just imagine he has a Catholic Gothic style halo, not a floating cartoon halo above his head, but one that you might have seen in multiple in multiple frescoes of different Catholic monasteries. Thank you and goodbye. Right on the just right on the back. Really add something. <laughs> now I want to do it. <laughs> For no reason. At no time. But like, see, why is that the halo even involved? That has to go on the back of the shirt. Yeah, yeah. But the front now has to have the hands on hands. The, the, the yes. hands on each figure? Yes, yes. Yes, that's. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> we took Steve's perfectly good idea. No, I just completely ruined it. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. We made the Homer think, of Ham Radio t shirts. I think we're like so tired. We're so tired. <laughs> but now it's time. Oh. It's the fun. Okay. The last email is titled, I will never leave you, I think. (laughs) The halo says the hand. (laughs) And this comes from Chief Head Lead Volunteer Podcast Co-Producer. Okay. Nathan. Good. Josh, Leia, and all your imaginary and real friends, greetings. It is I, Kilo One Mike, (coughs) Alpha Zulu. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about the cough. I am getting better, though. (laughs) Good. We hope so. This email has to do with ham radio, as it should. I was meandering around the Facebook and came across an exit post from the wild group just called Ham Radio. I don't know if you are in this group. Dude, I am. Some of the Facebook groups are wild. There are so many angry people in some Facebook groups. I'm just like, that's definitely not HRCC's group. <laughs> Dude, some of the ham radio groups on Facebook are outrageous. And mean. So mean. I know. It's just insane. And it's just like just this pile on of meanness. It's not just like one person that has like a snarky. It's just comment. everybody's dunking on everybody Ugh. constantly. Not even it's not even OP. Like people yeah. are just yelling at people, replying. Yeah. It just oh it's, it feels a little like Reddit, actually. It feels like OM Facebook, just people going yeah. at it. This person had had enough. They were going to tell everyone why they were leaving. As to why people do an exit post from a group of over 146,000 members, I don't know. Not what I'm focusing on. Right. I was just dwelling on what would have brought them to that point. They reference grumpy and other not nice people that push them over the edge. They said that they think they were going to sell everything and 
quote, leave the hobby to its impending death or something like that. Can we just be nice to the newer people, the medium ham and the old hams? Everyone being nice will not hurt this hobby, whereas the opposite can push people away. Completely agree, Nathan. As Josh has said, sometimes just one bad experience early on and people are out forever. Some will do a cool off and try again later. I was glad to hear the story of that in the last podcast. It made us all so happy. I agree. Let's be happy hams. Yeah. Yeah. Now for some non-ham radio stuff. Nice new carry-on case, Josh. I can always appreciate good and fast, effective customer service. Dents unfortunately occur, and the company seems to honor their customers. Okay, I have to say something about this. Josh ordered carry-on luggage because he's going to Huntsville. Right. And his previous carry-on was falling apart. And I've had it for, like, almost a decade. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares as long as it lasts forever? Yeah. So um, he orders this. Yes. It's not a cheap suitcase. $255. Me, I would have just gone to Target. Or okay. glad you, I'm or, glad you're adding your, your touch to this. Or like TJ Maxx or something. And sure. Buy, yeah. So you buy, a, to me, a pretty pricey yeah. carry-on. Mm-hmm. And USPS ships it. I think it was USPS. Right. Well, wait, no, it might be UPS. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Okay. Some shipping. The group. boys in blue. Yeah. Boy or brown. Or brown. Yeah. Or purple. Is that FedEx? Yeah. They're purple? Yeah. Purple and orange. So what's DHL? Yellow and red. Why don't you know this? Yellow and red? Yeah. DHL. DHL. Yeah. Okay. You don't you don't look at the trucks dropping stuff off? Anyway, so... <laughs> like, I got nothing better to do than watch trucks, or what? Well, I mean, you caught that guy, that Amazon delivery guy, getting punked by our cat. <laughs> I'm not sure what you watch in terms of deliveries. I don't know. So, Josh opens it. Mm-hmm. There's a dent in the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got hit hard. Something hit it real hard in but, the box. The box is also very damaged. But here's my thing about that. Mm-hmm. A suitcase's job is to be shipped. <laughs> like, that's Yeah. By its very nature. Mm-hmm. So why would it be dented? Like, you're talking about things that get tossed around. Yeah. I know, it's not, this isn't a tossing problem. Okay. And and also, I would like to put into uh, perspective that most of the time you are shipping things in your luggage, it's full. Okay. The luggage was shipped empty. Sure. And sure. so if it's going to get a heavy okay. strike and there's yeah. nothing behind it to give it some rigidity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's going to cause a defect. See, and this is where customer service comes in handy. Yeah. Because they did a great job. They shipped it out you got it within a day literally a day yeah yeah uh the replacement and you don't have to ship back the dentist they're just one. like keep it yeah yeah because what are they going to do with it that's true what are they going to do with it right whereas if josh had not experienced this excellent customer service mm-hmm. he would be clowning on this dented suitcase the way that i am <laughs> yeah yeah i literally made a youtube video about it that's what oh did Nathan's you comment oh that's what the comment was about 
All right. Well, it's Nathan only, continues. It's only to YouTube members and patrons. Oh, patrons. gotcha. Yeah. Your video reminded me of a similar customer service experience by a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. He ordered a large framed mirror for his living room from an online company. He received it, but noticed that it had an imperfection on the frame. He contacted the company about it. And instead of just giving some money back or having it sent back, they said, keep it. And we'll send you a new one. And the new one came, a different frame and perfection, and yet another whole framed mirror was sent out. Wait, wait, wait. He's on his third mirror now? Well, in the end, my friend had maybe three to four identical mirrors for the price of one. It turned out it was cheaper and made for a better end reputation for them just to keep sending replacements out. <laughs> Great customer service makes you tell everyone or make a video about it, just as horrible customer service makes you tell everyone you can. Turns out the company was ran by a bunch of demons, and they use those mirrors as portals <laughs> to hell. They want to send as many out as possible. <laughs> yes! We love the imperfections. I have often heard in retail customer service, if you help a customer and make them happy, they may tell two people. If they have a bad experience, they will tell 10, submit oh, yeah. a complaint, and make a Facebook post and write a Yelp review. Great customer service makes sense, even if it seems to cost a lot initially. Dude, retail sucks. I retail guess. Retail sucks so hard. The two, uh, I guess, to link the two subjects back together, let's be good customer service to new and existing ham customers. We have all heard that person that vows to never return somewhere, a business, place, or restaurant. Don't allow yourself ever to be the reason, the reasonable reason that happens. 73, K1, MAZ, Nathan. And on to the quotes. The human brain starts working the moment you are born and never stops until you stand up to speak in public. George Jessel. Oh, I like that. <clears throat> Courteous treatment will make a customer a walking advertisement. James Cash Penny. Is that JC Penny? Nice. James Cash Penny? Yeah. Is that JC Penny? Yeah. I, I didn't know that was the his name. Is the C is Cash? <laughs> Amazing. Was he some kind of grifter gambler guy? <laughs> How is it Cash Penny? <laughs> what is going on here? A brand is what a business does. Reputation is what people remember. Ted Rubin. Mm -hmm. The purpose of a business is to create a customer who creates customers. Shiv Singh. Shiv? Shiv. Shiv? Shiv? Shiv. Shiv. Yeah. I like creating customers and I, sh I sell stabbings. That's why they call me like Shiv. Like Siobhan? That's why they call me Shiv. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nathan, for really tying two stories together in such a beautiful package. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, we are definitely tired. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We do appreciate you making it all the way through. Shout out to our friends on the 1X crew. And again, thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.